been here six years. We're married. We got two kids. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, January 23rd, 2014. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 585. This is No Agenda. Welcome to the only comedy podcast in the politics and news category on iTunes from FEMA Region 6 in the Travis Heights hideout, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from the drought state called Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn Buzzkill in the morning. Yo-ho! I am sick as a dog. Oh, now what? Yeah. And here's the joke of it. You don't sound even... You know, if you, here's the way I would expect. If I'm sick, I'm, I'm going to come on the show like this. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sick. Yeah, and I I can't breathe through my nose. Well, I'm, uh, but I can do okay. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Don't right. worry about it. Well, here's the difference. One, I control the board, so I've done some pre-filtering to make myself sound a little less less nasal. Um, and, but this is. Have you ever had, or I'm sure you've heard of the cedar fever? Are you familiar? Excuse me? The cedar fever? I don't even know what you're talking about. Really? Hmm. Okay. You know if uh, people have uh, allergies to cedar, the cedar tree. Okay. Oh, wow. You don't know anything about this. I can I can tell you. You're not kidding. Uh, right. Of course I'm not kidding. No. Um, I, I never kid. In Austin, we have uh, around this time of the year, it's always on schedule... Uh, we have a couple things. You know that uh, last year, I or the first year we were here, I discovered I had mold, mold allergy. And <laughs> the way you said you... I, I have mold. I have mold. Out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had mold. I have mold in my butt. No. <laughs> mold allergy, which is prevalent uh, here. I mean, it's, you know, all these allergies mold and allergies all... are bad, mostly from black mold, yeah. And and I've I've never ever in my life had any allergy issues until we moved to Austin. It's almost not worth living here for this. And la- and I never had any cedar problems. Apparently the cedar count is off the charts. And I, I, I was it last night the night before. I wake up at four in the morning and I'm I what is going on? Uh, my my head is exploding. I can't breathe. It feels like someone's standing on my chest. Uh, and <laughs> no, it was little Geisha girl. No, and and it, it is the it is the worst possible feeling, and everyone in town has it. Everyone's walking around sniffling and snorting, their eyes all puffy. It's uh, if, uh, I never heard of such a thing in Austin, Texas. It's called the Cedar Fever. I got a fever, and the only thing I need is more cowbell. Okay, that's just a joke. But anyway, so uh, what's it from? Are there a lot of cedars around there? Oh yeah, we got tons of. Well, cedar cedars tree, are very cedar interesting tree. as a. Uh, as a wood, I, they, it's very aromatic, and it's used to you know. You put, you, I have a cedar lined closet, and you mm-hmm. don't get supposedly you don't yeah, get moths. Get moths. Yeah, exactly. Although I question that. There's some tough moths around here. <laughs> Those Northern California moths. They don't, they're like hey, honey badgers. They don't give Sad. a shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but, but it's, the... it's 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 really it's crazy, John. This uh, and I know Mickey had it and. Uh, that was you know the first the first year we were here and I was like okay she's okay now she didn't she's not having this effect you're having oh no but it's much better for her because she went to the voodoo doctor and got all of her magnolia and all the things you need so she was prepared and I, and I wasn't because I thought it wouldn't affect me and it just it floored me man it's crazy so you have to go to a voodoo doctor what is wrong with you people well I 
I go to a doctor who actually helps me. I go to the applied kinesiologist and acupuncturist. You know this. You've so what, what was the? So she took some some uh, magnolia li- li- liqueur. No, no magnolia. I have it here. This is the uh, magnolia. I guess it's pure Why magnolia. Don't you just take some and be done with it. Yeah, well, it, 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 I only went yesterday. It's, it, it takes a day or two to to kick in. I don't want to complain too much, but I just want to let you know that I'm I'm abs I'm dizzy. Oh, you're dizzy because you can't get enough oxygen. Yeah, I'm dizzy. No. It's the whole thing. I, mean, I can blow some clips by it. <laughs> I'm counting on you, Johnny. I'm like, you you got you got to get me through it, man. Well, I do have I do have one clip that I want to play right at the start, just so because this would be kind of the introduction to what I'm going through. Oh. Yes, this is the clip that would be. This is straight from the air. This is the. I just thought it was curiously ironic the way they did it. This is the the weather clip, the weather juxtaposition clip that came off of Channel Two. In Minneapolis, extremely high winds created a ground blizzard. A wind chill warning was issued for most of Minnesota today. Advisories warned of temperatures from 25 to 35 degrees below zero. Many schools across the state canceled classes today. Black ice and snow made driving very dangerous. Temperatures today were up there. Here are some of the records again. 75 in Oakland. It was 74 in Mountain View and a tide record of 72 in San Jose. Warm spot was Livermore at 75. So temperatures tomorrow are going to be slightly cooler than these numbers. Okay. Well, I just thought it was, we're watching this horrible situation in Minnesota and we're having this heat wave. Oh, really? In January. Mm. We got no rain. It hasn't rained for a year. Mm. And it's, it's, it's really nice out. <laughs> so, so we're getting the cold front. We're getting uh, a dusting of snow, apparently, this afternoon in Austin, in Texas. Yeah, no, I actually went to Texas once when it was actually, it went to, I flew, it was a weird one. It was, I was in Hawaii and a little vacation, but I had to give a speech, at, so I had to fly from Hawaii mm. uh, to uh, Dallas, and it was snowing, <laughs> and the car, the, the car door was frozen, frozen shut. shut. Um, so th- it's interesting to see, you know, of course, that this weather has been um, fun to watch, uh, fun for the narrative from the Agenda 21 and uh, climate change people. The climate change people, the liberty people, all those people. Uh, the BBC, uh, of course, has to, has to say something because none of this fits into all of the models. And uh, I cut this, this was like a, a five or six minute report, uh, and then I cut it down to about a minute and a half about the sun and uh, and where we actually may be heading. Of course, as a licensed ham radio operator, both of us, uh, we know all about the solar minimum, the solar maximum, and the sunspots, and we know what it does for, uh, for propagation of radio waves. Uh, but slowly we're bringing into the conversation the concept that maybe the sun has something to do with the temperature on Earth. It's a crazy notion, I know. Wow! It's crazy to think Who this. came up with that idea? <laughs> Spots is a fraction of what scientists expected. Solar flares are half. Richard Harrison is the head of space physics at the Rutherford Appleton Laboratory in Oxfordshire. He says the rate that solar activity is falling mirrors a period in the 17th century where sunspots virtually disappeared. The Monde Minimum, of course, was a period of almost no sunspots at all for decades, and we saw a, a, a 
really dramatic period where there were very cold winters. Uh, by the way, the, the Manda minimum was 70 years of, uh, of very, very cold weather. In the Northern Hemisphere, it was a period where you, you had a kind of a mini ice age. Um, you, you had a period where the Thames froze in the winters and so on. It was an interesting time. Rivers and canals froze across northern Europe. Paintings from the 17th century show frost fairs taking place on the Thames. Isn't that cool? Frost fairs on the I Thames? I love them artists. Yeah. During the Great Frost of 1684, the river froze over for two months. The ice was almost a foot thick. The Maunder Minimum was named after the astronomer who observed the steep decline in solar activity that coincided with this mini ice age. The Maunder Minimum came at a time when snow cover was longer and more frequent. It wasn't just the Thames that froze over, the Baltic Sea did too. Crop failures and famines were widespread across northern Europe. So does a decline in solar activity mean plunging temperatures for decades to come? Wow, let's ask a scientist. We've been making observations of sunspots, which are the most obvious sign of solar activity, uh, from 1609 onwards. So we've got 400 years of observations. The sun does seem to be in, the, in a very similar phase as it was in the run-up to the Maunder Minimum. So by that I mean that the activity is dropping off cycle by cycle. Lucy Green is based at the Mollard Space Science Laboratory in the North Downs. She thinks that lower levels of solar activity could affect the climate but she's not sure to what extent. It's a very, very complex area Ew. because the sun's activity controls how much visible light the sun gives out, but also how much ultraviolet light and X-rays that the sun emits. And they, have, um, they, they create a web of changes up in the, in, in the Earth's atmosphere, producing effects that actually we don't fully understand. Oh, OK, we don't, fully, we don't fully understand it. We don't understand. <laughs> Here's what I... You know, I, so I, watched... I thought all scientists agreed... Oh, well, when I was watching this report, and there's a couple others like it, I, you're seeing some of this uh, solar minimum, solar maximum, mondo, mondo minimum now being talked about in the, the uh, across the Gitmo Nation media. It might be possible that as part of the setup for the bogative climate, ch I'm sorry, global warming, which then turned into climate change because uh, the sun basically did not participate with the script. Um, this whole thing was launched on the upswing of the solar maximum, which pretty much ends this year. And maybe it was it was planned all along. Like, oh, we're going to have you know, lots of sunspots. It'll start heating up a little bit. We'll be able to point to it for sure. And the sun just didn't cooperate, and that's what blew it all apart. It may have been timed perfectly for this, which is once every 11 years. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah, you might be right, because it was uh, it was a... It, they, that's why I think they were they're like in a panic right yeah, now. Yeah, because they were like, whoever's... "Holy crap! Yeah, holy crap! This wasn't supposed to happen." And so let's hurry it up. No, we got to be. Do I, when was the first time you heard that if we don't do something this year, it will be too late? It was two thousand and five, and I was in Pebble Beach. Um, I think it's the Pebble Beach. Where, no, no. Where, where's the um, in California where the, there was a Kleiner Perkins who were an investor in Pod that Show would be at the time? Probably Pebble, Pebble Beach. Beach, right down was it Monterey? Monterey, or, yeah. Um, and so this is very funny. They have these uh, getaways for all of the the CEO weekend, and it's really horrible because you you go there and you have to bring your spouse or you know, whatever, and you stay at this like a, a nice hotel, but it's all. Uh, 
it's and for it, golfers. It's to- for golfers, and I had to go golf, and you know, I, I, I can't even hit the ball three feet. It's horrible. Uh, but you ha- that's where you're talking and you're doing the business. And- Pick it up and throw it. <laughs> they actually gave me a prize for most strokes of the entire. It was very embarrassing. Anyway. Yeah, and that wasn't even on the course. Yeah, right. Hey, hey, everybody. Hey, uh, John C. Dvorak there, also known as Dingo. Um, and, uh, and so you have speakers, and it's a whole weekend. And on Saturday, or maybe maybe it was before the weekend, Thursday or Friday morning, I didn't even think we were doing the show at the time. That's it was before the show. Via satellite, they had Al Gore uh, talk about uh, an inconvenient truth, and they showed the movie. They screened the movie before it was uh, in the theaters, and they had a copy of his book there for you know, like uh, for everyone to to take home with you. That's the first time I heard of it. Huh. How about you? Well, he the first time I think I heard that this if we don't do something this year, it will be too late. Uh, which, by the way, reminds me of the, the the Feinstein clip, where you know five years ago, which is, are we going to have a, a attack on the homeland in the next six months? <laughs> six months. I need to find that clip again. I'm, I feel bad. I, that I, I, I do have a copy. If you, by the way, for one of my clips today, while you're while I'm while I'm, if I go on an exposition, take. Try to find the clip which I'd like to play, which is Obama saying the first thing he's going to do when he gets in office is to shut down Gitmo. Uh, uh, I know that's uh, well, I know we have the payoff to that one. I know that we had because that basically you is, can take that to the bank. That's the payoff. Yeah, no, I don't want it. that. I want the, the the clip because it's just it just ties in. <laughs> anyway, the first time I think I heard it was around two thousand seven uh, when they were getting panicky and they kept saying, if we don't do something this year, it will be too late. And then I, and I think I started paying attention to it the next year when they said the same thing. Hmm. But it seems to me that if you didn't do something in 2007 or whenever 2005, in your case, it will be too late. It's too late. So why do we keep harping on this problem? (laughs) Oh, let me see if this is what you're looking for. Uh, I can uh, save this for later. I think I have it here. Okay. I don't have anyway. a, Yeah, okay. I got it here. But it's always it's been too but it seems that more more recently there's a panic that you can just sense. Yeah. That because the numbers aren't started they start the, the numbers start stopped adding up the way they wanted it to add up and exactly. they they come up with these excuses and and they and on that list by the way of there's a document floating around on how to uh, attack people who are denialists. <laughs> yes. And one of them is they, they attack the notion that anyone would accuse the sun of having anything to do with this. And there's some rationale. Scientists agree it's not the sun or something like that. I don't know what their, what their argument is. Well, you just got to call them deniers no matter what. And uh, and uh, then go after and their fools and idiots and Republicans. <laughs> and, oh, yes. And go after their... Um... Go after their advertisers. Do something like that. Yeah, yeah do that too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, man. Well, there is a... Uh, I'm a little... Uh, well, I'm not a little. I'm, I'm quite annoyed by uh, the Geneva 2 protocol, which is the official uh, title. Um, th- th- this is bait and switch. Some of the that, Syria thing? Yeah, this bait and switch that took place, which was... And and assisted by some crazy PR, which was so incredibly, so easy to see through, so transparent that it's like it was. It's insulting to me 
I don't understand why the you want your propaganda to be to be better quality. Yeah, I I, I want to have to think about it. You know, give me give me a, a brain teaser, do something. Uh, so in Syria, we're supposed to have the next round uh, of of peace talks, which started kicked off yesterday. And the first thing that happened, it, well, if you followed the the general news, Iran was going to be at the table. There would be thirty countries, including Syria, of course. And then all of a sudden, uh, John Kerry starts yelling that, oh, well, no matter what happens, we cannot uh, have Assad has to step down, which the whole point of getting rid of the chemical weapons was to uh, subvert this conversation. And so it's like a bait and switch. And then also 10 more countries were invited, all anti-Syria, and Iran was uninvited. And what? And then what happens? Uh, some report comes out, which I have, of course, and I've looked at. This is the uh, um, the Syrian Syria Board of Inquiry. How insulting can you make it? That uh, has uh, apparently there was a whistleblower, or an informant named Caesar, and Caesar's contact person uh, was. Uh, Oh, unfortunately, with an Al-Qaeda group, but okay, it doesn't matter. It, it, it apparently still valid. And he had uh, 55,000 copies of emaciated, tortured, beaten-to-death bodies in Syria. Um, and this is being touted by John Kerry as proof that Assad is killing his own people. Uh, while the document itself does not assign any proof to anyone other than the proof the photographs are real and most likely of actual Syrians. But here's the problem. This report is not a government report. This report was commissioned... Well, I, I'll, uh, I'll play this clip. The three guys who um, are in the committee um, are all big power players. Uh, they're from the International Criminal Court. They're, uh, you know, they prosecuted uh, Milosevic. They're high, really high-end attorneys, and they have a lot of credibility. And they show up on BBC, and and they're just completely open about it, and just say, "Oh well, here's what the report is about." The most respected and experienced. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to point out that the story was broken by Christiana Anampur on CNN, and uh, she's very suspicious to me. I, oh, yeah. uh, I ever since she. She kind of did her round of ABC and back and forth. I'm pretty sure that she's uh, on board. Uh, I'm very disappointed with how, how she turned out as a journalist. But anyway, she's breaking this report. The most respected and experienced international prosecutors. They say, quote, there is clear evidence of systematic torture and killing of detained persons by the agents of the Syrian government. Agents. They say that... And mind you, agents of the Syrian government. Not the Syrian government, agents of the Syrian government. Their source is a defector who had been in the Syrian military police, an insider they've codenamed Caesar, who smuggled out tens of thousands of graphic images of corpses emaciated and severely beaten. Let me ask you first, Sir Desmond, as chairman, what was your mandate? What were you asked to do? Now this is very interesting. She she positions it beautifully for the un, for the uninformed. What was your mandate? What were you asked to do? And it all sounds very governmental and very official. And these guys have been in all of these official, quasi official um, outfits, like the International Criminal Court. Uh, it was an inquiry into reliability. 
Oh, wait a minute. An inquiry into liability. Sounds like a lawsuit. The London firm of Carter Ruck uh, asked me to put a team together for the purpose of investigating the reliability of a, of a defector. Now, when a guy can't say the word reliability, you got to think he's lying. <laughs> Did you hear him? Graphic images emaciated and severely beaten. I'm sorry, I went back a little Let too far. Let me ask you first, Sir Desmond, as chairman, what was your mandate? What were you asked to do? Uh, it was an inquiry into reliability. Uh, the London firm of Carter Ruck uh, asked me to put a team together for the purpose of investigating the reliability of a, uh, of a defector. <laughs> what? <laughs> the reliability, the reliability. You didn't do that? You didn't no, mess with no, that? No, 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 it no. <laughs> it almost sounds like I doubled the audio. No, no, that's exactly what he said. No, it sounds like a glitch. No, it doesn't sound like anyone's saying anything. No, yeah, believe me. This is the way. And even he closes his eyes and tries to get it out. The reliability of a, <laughs> of a defector from uh, Syria. Uh, who I understood a, brought huh. so so the mandate from Carter Ruck. Now Carter Ruck is a is a law firm. Uh, so these guys were hired by Carter Ruck International Law Firm, who really deal mainly with um, incredibly wealthy people who have been sanctioned by a country or their funds have been frozen. That's what they do. This is not, you don't go to these guys if you have like some you know, dispute with your neighbor. Now, this is if you, uh, well, let's see. Carter Ruck has developed a particular expertise in cases arising out of the events of 9-11 and the subsequent war on terror. It is currently representing clients in relation to such matters in litigation in the European Court of Justice, the New York District Court and High Court in London, and has been involved in negotiations on behalf of its clients with the United Nations and with representatives of many national governments. Uh, in the autumn of 2008, the firm's international law team won a major victory before the European Court of Justice on behalf of its client, Yassine Kadi, by which EC regulations freezing Mr. Kadi's assets were struck down. So, you see, these, these are the guys they go and they sue the United Nations on your behalf. So you gotta, you gotta, you're big guys when you're playing with Carter Ruck. And they represent entire countries, as it turns out is the case. Remember, this is not... John Kerry, John F. Kerry, on the very day... The Geneva 2 protocol starts. He is touting this report, which has been commissioned by a, a commercial law firm, as proof that Assad has been committing war crimes. First of all, the coincidence is too crazy. A second of all, this is not a governmental um, report that has been vetted by anyone. With him, or had, had a, could comment on some 55,000 images of people who have been tortured and killed. And are you convinced of the reliability of the defector codename Caesar? I mean, the defector codename Caesar. Could it get any 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 sketchier? Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. Uh, sufficiently so. Uh, I think all of us were in agreement that... Now pay attention, because he's going to tell you what this report is really for. His, uh, his account was uh, essentially true. Essentially true? Not entirely, but essentially. Uh, it had the hallmarks of truth. The hallmarks? What are the hallmarks of truth, John? What are my the, goodness. My good. The hallmarks. The hallmarks of truth would be uh, somebody it's saying true. it's true. Yeah, that's not the truth. The hallmark. Yeah, thank you. Saying it's spelled properly, maybe. 
flabbergasted I am. And it would stand up in the court. Ah, it would stand oh, up in the go. court. That's what. So we have. This is essentially saying this report. Yes, this is true. It has all the harm. It, it looks true. We think it would stand up in court because we are the Honorable Sir Desmond De Silva. We are Professor David M. Crane, and we are Professor Sir Geoffrey Nice. And let me be very clear: who funded this investigation? Ah, any any guesses, John? Well, it wouldn't be the law firm. It'd probably be some uh, group that is looking to get some money out of this deal. Mm. Who? Let's. I think you need to be a little. It has a little more simplistic. Obviously, the report would be someone who wants to get Assad out because that's what the report is being used for. Well, it wasn't the Russians. Let's put it that way. No, it's not the Russians. It's not the Russians. Uh, It could be the USA. No, no. Who were the guys that funded the terrorists? Uh, You give up? Yeah. The solicitors who instructed me were funded by the government of Qatar. (laughs) (laughs) What? The government of Qatar. The, wow. guy, the guys who financed the terrorists are now f- paying for these jabronis to come up with a report to say, see, Assad has to go. It, it could not be more obvious. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, this is what I mean by insulting. They're just on television saying it. Well, it's because nobody's paying attention. Well, there's that. So they can say whatever they want. Yeah. I, if the guy came out and said, uh, well, it's not really reliable, and this is something of a scam, but we think it's going to hold up in court. Of course, yeah. And that's uh, just the way it is, because he's a horrible man. No, so... And everyone would go, okay, whatever. <laughs> hey, what's Justin Bieber doing? Hey, man, I already got busted for DUI. I'm sorry, that was, I think that was a red book, John. Did I not say Justin Bieber to get arrested? Did I not put that in the book? Can you just check real quick? I uh, have three books to plow through. Now, the last one, it was a new book. It was not actually read. Ugh. And uh, and on the last show, I said Justin Bieber has to get arrested, and he got arrested. You did say, you didn't go into, it, it, yes, I remember you saying that. You, But you were saying it uh, kind of... Um, Cavalierly. You weren't taking it too seriously, but you were saying it because you need, it, I think it was offhanded comment. It was not a red book entry. Well, it did happen, and it's... Yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Well, next time you should be more serious about your law offhanded <laughs> stuff. And it's so nice to see that while the world is being converted into rubble before our very eyes, the news media is only talking about Justin Bieber. It is... It, it's it, great. It's great. <laughs> it is great. It's great for this show, that's for sure. Now, it's like, wow. What can you, it's just like this stuff writes itself. Don't Don't give away our secrets. Okay, so let me just review for a moment. Uh, we have the bait and switch in, and by the way, it's in Montreux. It's not in Geneva. I've been. Have you ever been to Montreux? No, I have not. I've been multiple times. We used to have the the Montreux Rock uh, uh, Festival, uh, and MTV would go there, and uh, that's uh, I, I the first time the Beastie Boys and Run DMC uh, did their thing together. I uh, was at Montreux. Um, then there was always there's always the Montreux Jazz Festival, but it's a pain at Montreux. I don't know why they chose it. It's a pain in the ass to get there. You have to drive for hours or or take a train and there's still another hour from the train station. It's uh it's not convenient. I don't know, it's just very strange. But it's beautiful right there in Lake Geneva. It's nice. It's well, a nice the whole area. Country's that way. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's very nice. All right, so uh, they're in Montreux. 
Um, it's a bait and switch. The Syrians uh, are the Assad regime is is outraged. They called a press conference. And they said, "Hey, this is bull crap." Uh, Iran gets uninvited. You know, one of the guys who would actually be pro Syria. Instead of it being a peace conference, it's all about. I'm sorry, we have to have a transitional government. We're back to that again. To back up the claims, on the very same day, we have this clearly fabricated report. Whether whether it's whether people have been killed or not is is almost beside the point because the report is is paid for by the the very people who want Assad out and who have been financing the terrorists in the country. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Ban Ki Moon comes out with. I mean, I thought Syria was not that important. We're missing something big. Listen to what the, um, uh, what is he of the the UN? He's the he's the uh, the Secretary General. Secretary General, thank you. Listen to what he's talking about. The 2014 appeal for Syria, launched today in Geneva, is the biggest in the history of the United Nations. Right, he's talking about some money that they've uh, collected. Which I knew nothing about. $6.5 billion. What? Uh, to meet these inside Syria and to help the more than 2 million people who have uh, fled the country. Now, hold on a second. We're coming up with $6.5 billion? For what? Somebody's, some, the line someone's pockets. Yeah, I agree. Either there's something in Syria that we really need to have, or it's just it's just a, like like Haiti. No money will go into Syria, and it'll just be stolen. And listen where the money's coming from. Mr. Bond made the announcement Wednesday after a donors' conference in Kuwait, part of a UN effort to raise six and a half billion dollars this year, the largest ever funding appeal for a single crisis. He said the fighting in Syria has set the nation back years, even decades. The people of Syria want peace and hope, yet all they see is death upon death. All they hear is to talk after talks. People are dying, families are fleeing, the serious fires are spreading. They may soon engulf the whole region. Kuwait pledged $500 million to the effort, while U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry announced $380 million in... Remember when it was twenty million? We're throwing our taxpayers' money at this too. Don't drop. Remember when it was? Uh, remember when it was like twenty million or maybe fifty million? Now it's three hundred and eighty million dollars. New aid from the United States. Some of our support will help Syrians immediately as they cope with one of the cruelest winters uh, on record. Oh, you know what that means. Uh, and with our contributions today. We're providing specifically fuel for heating and cooking. Nah. We're providing thermal blankets. Send <laughs> your blankets. We're, uh, blankets? We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. <laughs> just send your cash. And other critical winter supplies for tens of thousands of people. Yeah, that's what you need $380 million for, for some blankets. <laughs> uh, it's so insulting. Hmm. Never ends. That's what gets me. I think it, but I believe somehow this ties into Turkey. Um, and I, now Turkey's got something to do with it. And yeah. You know, there's just a lot of activity going on right now. There was uh, 
I mean, the Ukraine is in flames. Well, can I, can I give you, let's just stay here for one second. Um, we'll come back to Turkey later, but what I, um, uh, so the, the MIT, which is the Turkish secret service was, uh, now that, you know, because of the rift there that's going on between Erdogan and, and the Gulenist movement. So the secret service was stopped at the border between Turkey and Syria, and they had to open up their containers and it was just, it was filled with weapons so Erdogan, the, the Turkish current Turkish government, is sending weapons down to Syria. I believe it may have something to do with the Kurds, um, as Turkey has now started taking oil from Kurdistan. And there's a, there's a connection between the Iraqi Kurds in northern Iraq and the Syrian Kurds. It's the same Well, it's, it's also the, the Turkish Kurds, which the Turks don't like. Hmm. Yeah, see, the, the problem is that the Turks have this issue because the the Kurds, the Kurds, those three, there's, there's three groups of these Kurds. Mm. The ones in Iraq, the ones in uh, Syria, the ones in uh, Turkey. But the big group is in Iraq, mm-hmm. and uh, and, the, and their buddies are. They seem to think that their pals in Turkey should have been. They should join up and make a country, and it would take a chunk of Turkey away. And Turkey's a big country, and. And they're always fearful that people want to take a chunk of it away. Of they have a weird attitude about this. It's kind of like the Russians. They don't want to give up Chechnya or any of these right, other places. Right. Dagestan. Uh, uh, and I don't think we should be giving up Texas necessarily. And so you can see how these countries react to this sort of thing. They figure, well, the Kurds in Turkey should, you know, just stay calm and be Turks. Right. Well, so there's a, there's a bunch of, there's a lot of geopolitics here that are, not fully understood by anybody. It does seem, of course, I've been so, so deep in Turkey. I've been meeting with people who are doing uh, all kinds of stories. There's uh, reporters, uh, and and they find, we find each other, and they've been finding me in particular as a, of course, in Texas is very, it's funny you bring it up. Texas is extremely related to what's going on in Turkey because of the the Harmony Charter Schools, the, the most are in Texas, run by uh, Gulen, the, the, this imam who is apparently creating the, the war with Erdogan. Yeah, with somebody's help, it'd be my guess. Um, well, I, I reached out to my, uh, my Jewish handlers in, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, you know, the ones who have uh, helped me with so much already, understanding other sides of stories. And, and, and she got back to me with a whole thing about how the CIA was paying off um, Gulen with heroin money from Afghanistan. And, yeah. And it seems like the CIA and Gulen, like, they thought they were kind of helping each other. They're like, hey, man, you, you control Turkey and do whatever we ask you to do there, and we'll make sure that you get the, uh, you get all, the, uh, all the, the dope money, and then you can start up all these schools. But, of course, these schools are starting to pay off. You know, now we've got... Uh, kids who have graduated and throughout all of uh, Europe, all of Western Europe, they're now in, uh, in in government positions, in parliamentary positions, and it feels a lot like we're st- we're getting towards that the the next wave. You know, the Ottoman Empire has to expand, and it's it's crazy because I have such a hard time wrapping my head around it. There's a concept that I've learned called Eurabia. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, yeah, no, Eurabia. That first showed up actually just before 9-11. Oh, really? There was a lot of websites because uh, when 9-11 happened, I went out and I did a, a, a site myself 
that <laughs> really? that linked to all these sites because huh. they were fascinating. Yeah, it was. Uh, in fact, that's how I met a number of people because they kept because they were uh, they tracked me down. I said I was getting all these weird links. I, don't, I was wondering where they were coming from, and this it was a kind of an informational site. And one of the things that that cropped up was these maps that right. have all been taken down. And I just it did really one of my first early lessons about if you see something really cool. Get a save, screenshot, save, it. Yeah, yeah, save got, that page as, do anything, because it. it's not going to be there It'll long. be gone. It'll be gone, exactly. And it, it had all these cool maps about at, with timetables about when the Muslims were going to take over mm-hmm. certain parts of the world, and Eurabia was one of them, and that was going to be, it's going to start with France, that'd be the first to go, and then it was going to uh, kind of domino effect around. But they had the United States on there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. And, so, so there's a... Um... I looked up, if you go to the Book of Knowledge and look up Eurabia, uh, it is immediate, right there at the top. The concept uh, was coined by Gisela Littman in the early 2000s. That must have been when you heard about it. Uh, right. she, her uh, pen name is Bat Yeor. Denotes a conspiracy theory. Right off the bat there. <laughs> and by the way, this... Everything is a conspiracy theory, apparently. But, oh, but it goes... Anything it goes, interesting. It goes much deeper. So I'm just going to read you directly from the Book of Knowledge. It denotes a conspiracy theory where European and Arab powers aim to Islamize and Arabize Europe, thereby weakening its existing culture and undermining previous alignment with the U.S. and Israel. And then it actually goes further to compare this conspiracy theory to the uh, protocols of the elders of Zion, you know, basically saying this is, you're batshit crazy if you ever think this is true at all. But the problem is... I lived in Europe, and what this Eurabia concept is, is the bloodless jihad, and it it's happening. It's happening in Belgium, uh, Brussels in particular, it's happening in France, it's happening in the Netherlands, it's happening in the United Kingdom, uh, you know, where you have, we've played these clips where you have patrols at night uh, muslim area can't come here you, not with a not with a skirt on muslim area you're drunk go away um and and and, and i'm shocked at myself thinking uh, is it can it really be true is this is this really happening and it seems like it is and 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 and, if, and the deeper you dive into it and i found a great book by the way which um, I'm not done reading it yet, but it's called Europe, Globalization, and the Coming of the Universal Caliphate, uh, which is written by this woman who apparently, uh, uh, this uh, Batyeor, who uh, created the conspiracy theory, I guess. Um, it's, and it's, fa- it's fascinating to read. Um, and I'm thinking maybe what's happening here is Gulen wants to stop Turkey from ascending to the European Union, which is what Erdogan is in Brussels, as we speak, trying to do. And, of course, the the European Union is going, hey, dude, you know, like, you're firing police officers, you're firing your Justice Department, uh, you know, what is going on? Yeah, no, this doesn't look good. You don't have the situation under control, you're not ready to join up. And in that regard, it makes sense that someone who would want to um uh create the the you know re, to reinstate the caliphate and the ottoman empire you can't really do that if you're part of the european union the whole idea is to slip in 
uh, as Gulen said in one of his uh, internet speeches, and to get into the arteries of the system. And then when it's time, you know, then you pop up like a little whack-a-mole and, uh, and we're good to go. I you know, like that alien creature coming out the gut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and I'm like, wow, yeah, possibly. Well. But this, but this is the kind of, and then in America, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, you have the, uh, what is it, seven or eight senators wrote a letter and said, hey, you know, we've got this Muslim Brotherhood all over the place. They've got security access, the Department of Homeland Security. We, we got to be careful of this. And Right. And then they're all. Aberdeen. Uma Abedin. And there's another term I got for you. Dimitude. What? Dimitude. Oh, yeah, yeah. The dim, yeah, the dim, the dim, yeah, uh-huh. So, so a dim, I guess. I, no, that's not a, I, that was also a term that I'm familiar with. Um, a, a dimi, D-H-I-M-M-I, a dimi refers to a non-Muslim subject of an Islamic state. Right. You have to pay a special tax and. Yeah, you're supposed you, to get, uh, and you you can't testify in court. You're pretty much a slave. Yes, yeah, one, one step above. A they slave. had a, they, what's interesting about the the Dimis, uh, is uh, it, depending on what books you read about it, uh, the Muslim scholars all, or some Muslim sympathetic historians like to say that this was uh, shows how great the Muslims were because they let these people roam around freely. Mm-hmm. Even though they had to pay a special tax just to breathe, yeah, and they couldn't also testify in court. And if you raped one of them, it was too bad for them, kind of thing. And uh, and the, the other ones, there's some great material on how these, uh, you know, the, the type of oppression that took place. I mean, the whole idea is to get the dimmies to uh, give up. And become Muslims and just right, right. Because if you shut up, if you become a Muslim, then 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 you're then everything that is theirs is yours, and you're 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 yeah, you're, you're in go. the club. Yeah, you, but you you're can't good to go. quit. It's no, 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 no. Oh, you can't quit. No, quit. Then, then you're then you're a dead man. And so, coming coming from the Netherlands specifically, where I know I know two people who uh, it's now thirteen years ago said, "Oh, we got to be careful of this." Being uh, Theo van Gogh filmmaker. Uh, shot, killed in broad daylight, blown off his bike, throat slit, knife stuck in his chest with a with a note of more people who were next. And Pim Fortuyn, who was, uh, his whole platform was to stop the Islamification of the Netherlands, uh, assassinated one week before the elections, which is party one, <clears throat> posthumously. Um, I believe that every single politician uh, who has any power or or who is creating law or policy in european countries because of this they are so afraid that uh, they don't want to be branded as an islamophobe which is well, they, which is the don't term they ha- doesn't uh, holland has that one muslim yes. uh, uh, Geert, parliamentarian Geert who's Wilders. just a yes Geert, Geert mean, she's a uh, she's against all the Islamification. She is uh, no, no, no. It's him. It's Geert Wilders. The... No, there's a woman, uh, she... and I'm sure she's in in Holland. She's a very famous Muslim no, no, woman she... okay. who is Ayan, Ayan Hirsi Ali is who you're talking about. Ayan Hirsi Ali, and she was in Dutch Parliament, and she left, and now she's at all uh, all kind of think tanks, and she's married now to that Neil Ferguson guy, Niall Ferguson. Okay, okay. Yeah. she's not there anymore. No, but she, but and she made the film with Theo van Gogh, and he got killed over that. Yeah, and she, she, well, she's been threatened. To oh, get, she's been under protection forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the so here's the thing. Here's the kind of the 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 realization I had 
is where I don't... And it's so hard in my mind, from where I come from, how I was raised, it's so hard to believe that there possibly could be an entire... Like, billions of people who actually do believe that if you don't convert to Islam, then you're either a dimmy or you're dead. There's a show title. Be a dimmy or you're dead. There's a rap title, actually. Um, it's so hard to believe that, John. Uh, but yet, the deeper I get into it, this can't all just be conspiracy theory, Islamophobic crap that I'm reading. I mean, th- th- there are people actually killing people and blowing themselves up and and claiming jihad, and, and, and I mean, these things are real. Well, there's a couple of things I like to always think, please. at least from my personal perspective. Yes, please. First of all, the the notion of blowing yourself up a kamikaze style has always been perceived as a, as a um, as a last ditch thing that this is where you are losing and this is how you have to react to it which which i believe is somewhat true mm-hmm. and the second thing and i and i say that because i the, the number of muslims that are involved in this uh, jihad is such a small minority, but it, but it's big in total numbers, but it's a small minority of the total population. And there's some, we, we tend to be pushing this because I've said it before. If you really go out and look around Muslim sites, you'll find more Muslim sites bitching about yes, this. Yes, I agree. Yeah, we've talked These about this. These middle-class yeah. Muslims, the ones that are just, you know, they don't even, you know, they're, they're, just like, uh, they're just like everybody else. They don't, you know, they're not nuts about the religion. They just happen to be culturally uh, Islam, mm-hmm. Islamic, mm-hmm. and they, you know, maybe they go to the mosque once in a while. Maybe they don't, it, but they don't. They like a decent life. I think this was parodied once on a Saturday Night Live show where these two guys are leading a great middle class life in the Topeka, and then they get the call <laughs> from some guys. Okay, okay, <laughs> I have been. Muhammad, you know, Muhammad, got, uh, Muhammad, you've got to go now. You got to go now. It's time. You, but we've been here six years. We're married. We got two kids, and they start. You know, yeah, it yeah. gets into a big argument about it. I'm sure this uh, was many, many years ago. You, this is would be politically incorrect to do on uh, Saturday Night Live today. Maybe it wasn't that long ago. It was after mm-hmm. 9/11. Okay. And uh, whatever the case, there's a. Uh, it's just this is not resolved very well, and it's like it's well, almost I, I, like I have a thought on resolve. Just to freak everyone out. I have a thought on how to resolve this, and it's and and it is literally the difference between the Muslims and the and we should do a, a website. We should do a an aggregation of the Muslim websites who are bitching about this and saying this we got to stop this crap and all this caliphate stuff and the Ottoman Empire or whatever. Although that's much more about power than religion. I think the the Doolin guy is just—he just wants to be the ruler of the world. It wouldn't surprise me. There, there are megalomaniacs. Um, but this, and yeah, the there's diff- plenty of them. We work in the Silicon Valley people, or with the Silicon Valley yeah. people. Half of them would love it. Like, take <laughs> yeah. the world. Um, you met a couple of them at that Pebble Beach place. But I, but I've I've been to Iraq. I, I was in the rubble of Iraq in 2003, and I saw how how the how the young children are are living and growing up. I went into many many towns and and. It was relatively calm at the time, although anything could have happened. And, you know, we need... Look, what they have there is rubble and satellite television that's running CNN and BBC News all day. we got to give these people some culture, like um, Love Boat episodes, I Love Lucy, Three Stooges, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That'll change your attitude a little bit. Send them some Xboxes. Get these people like in, to enjoy some of the crazier things that we do over here. It's a distraction. 
Because I'm telling you, there's a reason why Americans are not on the streets protesting like in Ukraine. It's because we got too much uh, distraction, too many fun things to do. Yeah, we we keep busy. You know, take your three hundred million dollars and 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 and, t- and take a and send some some video game consoles to the terrorists in Syria. I know it sounds simplistic. Well, look at uh, what happened at the end with, uh, with give him supposedly. Some, give him some comedy, man. With give him something ben funny. Bin Laden, he was playing some Xbox game. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, that's why he was totally docile. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, all you need to do. Oh, here's, Grand Theft Auto is a good game. Look, if you want Syria, just dump some fluoride in the water supply, send them some Xboxes with Grand Theft Auto, and walk right in and take whatever you want. And and uh, I mean, I can the, the human brain still works the same, except these brains have been programmed to go to the ultimate sacrifice of blowing yourself up when the call comes. It's much more fun to, you know, blow away hookers in GTA 5. I don't know. It just, it, for some, something has gone wrong with the, with the American media system. We didn't propagate that properly. We can make just as much money like the military industrial happened, complex. But it just definitely fell apart. We, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's the reason we do the show. I think most of the show is like an exploration of trying to find, you know, this, we, we're Somebody's just answers. seeking. This show is uh, the two of us seeking some sort of a larger meta-reality Then we can't, you know, do, every week we just, we discuss these issues to try to figure it out more. It's like the 33, just <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> well, there's something, yeah, exactly. Some things we will never, ever find out. And and some things in the universe must remain a mystery, John. That's That's important. Anyway, I'd like to uh, thank you for your courage and uh, say in the morning to you, John Cedarbrook. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all the ships at sea, by the way. Also, the boots on the ground, the feet in the air, and the subs in the water, and all the dames and all the knights out there. And, of course, to our human resources in our chat room, always uh, here to uh, give us some uh, feedback. Noagendastream.com, uh, noagendachat.net. As well as our artists, thank you very much to, uh, let's see, uh, Super Leone. Gave us uh, a very colorful piece of artwork for the uh, uh, for the previous episode five eight four, and of course we uh, look forward to checking out noagendaartgenerator.com to see what will be uh, submitted for five eight six. I saw you use some some beautiful artwork uh, that was submitted for the newsletter at the top. I also there. had a ki- kitten in there. You had just about the best kitten picture, <laughs> and I can. It's funny because I I know you a little bit. I can just see you finding this picture and laughing. Oh, this is perfect. I'll put this one in. The, the little... I'm telling you, that picture in the newsletter, they had the two pictures that it's were interesting beautiful. in this newsletter. One was the big fat guy kissing the babe. <laughs> Which a lot water. of people said, no fair, you're not allowed to put yourself in the newsletter. Yeah, I know. This is the, our audience. They're just a bunch of wise asses. Yeah, exactly. They better get a clue. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case is, because I was talking about the media, and we'll talk about later in the show, Native advertising and essentially right. that picture because the way you, when you were reading you'd see that picture and you would think advertisers the big fat guy and the media this yes. gorgeous woman yes. sexy being sexy kissed or uh, being she's being assaulted <laughs> yes. essentially uh, yeah by some sugar daddy which is the word that was used in the previous graph so that was the idea to get that that image then I had to soften that image. By the way, none of this proved to make the newsletter any better than any other <laughs> newsletter. I didn't. He actually brought in less, you know, interest than most of them. But whatever the case. But then I had to put the kitten picture in there because I knew that 
We needed a kitten picture, and that was a gem. Yes. And I, every time I saw it, I cracked up. I couldn't it's stop beautiful. laughing. It's so funny. It's beautiful. And it, it, Miss Mickey actually went, oh, this picture makes me want to have a kitten. Oh, God. But that's not going to happen. Kitten. That's not going to happen. If you want to, uh, to see what all the hub- hullabaloo was about, you can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, any of the show notes have a link. And today's uh, link will be 585.noagendanotes.com. And in our value for value model, which allows us to talk like this, it's really cool. I just got a, a back channel uh, message from um, Sir Twelve Inch <laughs> Void Zero, who runs a lot of the uh, runs the infrastructure. He says you guys are the only show in the world talking about this stuff. He said the only people who dare to even explore the the topic of what's going on. And we yeah. can, and we can yeah. and we can do that because the you know the only way that we will go off the air well there's a couple ways death would be one uh, death death by by bullets a hail of bullets hail it has to be a hail a hail if it's not a hail I'm not interested yeah really <laughs> don't take me out you know like stupidly <laughs> just do it with a hail of bullets uh, or you know people stop supporting us because they don't like what we're doing but you can't go after our advertisers because we have none. We only we have pro- Although we did get some, I got a note, I went back and forth. Really. Well, don't you say when you say, you know, what 4K television guy. Or- Hold on, I'm sorry, Do- 19 inch, not 12 inch. I, I underestimated Sir Void Zero. 19 inch, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, isn't that the same thing as advertising? No, plugs are not the same thing as advertising. They never really have been. And a plug is just what it is. And it's just casual. And it's like one of these things you do. We don't even have to do it. But advertising, you pay for advertising. You have to, you have, you have to perform uh, like the monkey you are. <laughs> yeah, You're taking advertising money. Yeah, yeah. And let me. So tell we you. take money from our. Uh, we take uh, contributions the way we like to call them from our uh, listeners who are dedicated. And we'll start with today's uh, executive producers. We have two of them. We have three associate executive producers. Fred, Sir Fred Lust, with no comment. Lust, with no comment from McCutcheonville, Ohio, at three thirty three thirty three. Gregory Wilson, uh, three thirteen. I'm sorry, three 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 dot one three. He says he recently canceled his multi-year subscription to The Economist, an ad-supported rag, which resulted in a refund of two hundred twenty-five dollars. Oh, very expensive. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm rounding that up to three 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 dot one three and sending it to you as my first donation to the cause. I'm also pledging thirteen thirteen per month going forward. It's bad luck to be superstitious. This should result in knighthood in March 2018 if the government hasn't shut you down by then. Hmm. Thanks for all you do, especially for the detailed show notes, which, by the way, are fantastic. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I have a jingle for that now. We got a new jingle. Awesome! Yay! Awesome! 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 I don't know what kind of a jingle that is, but it's an interesting little, <laughs> little hit. Little tidbit. So he wants you to play D-Douche, Karma, uh, Dr. K- Kiki, Shut Up, uh-huh. Two Shots to the Head. Oh, geez. Wait, going- one, two, three, four, five, six. Six is too many. I got this. I, I got It's too many, but I got this. <laughs> You've been D-Douched. You've got Karma. Shut up already. It's science. Oh, and uh, and then. Come look over here. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. I almost got it all right. You almost. Had uh, it. I tried. I tried. It's too much, people. 
Sir Atomic uh, Rod Adams, uh, oh, two, three, four, dot five, six from Forest, Virginia. Adam and John, thank you for your courage and questionable attitudes. Following no, your not lead- questionable. He says questioning, not questionable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. For your question, well, it's a psychological thing. Yeah. Uh, and question in your questioning attitudes. Following your lead, AtomicInsights.com recently completed a value-for-value model. Everyone is always welcome, but supporters are a little more welcome than everyone else. We cut through the anti-nuclear FUD to provide clear, accurate nuclear energy information. The natural gas industry hates what we do, but no agenda listeners should have no fear. And give everyone a shot at karma. Yeah, thank you very much, Sir Rod. You've got you know, it's funny, karma. But this donation came in after I, I sent him a question. I, whenever I have a, you know, there's a couple of go-to people. We have lots of go-to producers on the show. And I sent him a question about the term meltdown. Because we had been laughing about um, Amy Goodman using that term. Yeah. And, uh, and one of our producers said, well, technically... The term meltdown is is not recognized by any atomic agency. So so she as a term she is allowed to use it and I'm like wait a minute isn't the term meltdown really does it mean something? And uh, so I sent it off to atomic uh, Sir Rod Adams and he says, you know, well, it's true that technically there is no real meltdown but uh people think of a meltdown as uh, in in relation to the China syndrome, right? Where, the movie, where, yeah, where where the core would melt and it would melt all the way down a hole through the earth uh, uh, down to China, which is right. hence, hence the China syndrome. Uh, so that, of course, is uh, is uh, he says um, absolutely not possible. Uh, but the cores of uh, Fukushima Daiichi uh, did partially melt. Um, so while we laugh because, of course, we know that uh, Amy Goodman really is aiming more towards a China syndrome uh, concept, meltdown, it is a term that can be used. So I question him, and he gives me an answer, and then he donates. Good. Is, is this awesome or what? Ask more questions. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Rod. All right. Uh, onward to Awesome Johnson, 222 <laughs> of Boston, Massachusetts. ITM, Crackpot, and Buzzkill, been enjoying the show since October. Needed to hear more John than his occasional twit visits. Would like to call SF Hustler Club day shift half of famers AI, Ico, and Emma to the stage. Now, they'll, they'll come up later. It's a double make it rain, John. It's a 111-11 times I two. It. Yeah, double, uh, right. So he's got two women. Are, we doing, are we doing that we'll today? We'll do them Thursday. Thursday. Uh, Next Thursday. Today is Thursday. Next Thursday. You know, the club is emptying okay, out, man. I'm working on it. I'll do something on Sunday for Sunday. sure. Sunday? Can we count Sunday, on you? Sunday. 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 <laughs> Hopefully an associate executive producer credit for no agenda is just a start. He is, uh, he wants to get out of his dead-end telco terminal field technician job and make use of my film degree. All right. Wow. That's going off. Kind of slide yeah. into the side. Yeah, well... I have a degree in film. Uh, do you want to go out to that uh, terminal <laughs> box over there and switch out the uh, ISDN lines? Uh, okay. I said, well, yeah. yes. Well, you put this associate executive producer credit. Yeah, you get that. Uh, on your uh, on your, uh, on your your LinkedIn. 
And, yeah. and you can start an IMDb with this credit. You can start an IMDb profile. Yeah, get going. Yep. Uh, Jessica Wyatt. And by the way, I, I could use a bit part in one of these films. Yeah, the front no there. kidding. I mean, by the time, it'll probably be 80. I, oh, <gasps> I got I, I, I to tell you something really funny. Well, do, Jessica do, do Wyatt. Uh, $200 from San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio! I would like to donate on behalf of my husband, Andrew Wyatt, as a birthday present. Aww. That's sweet. I know he's been eyeing the producer title for a while, and I'd like him to have to, like him to be a producer on his birthday, which is Sunday, actually, but we'll give it to him today. He likes to listen to you guys, and I must admit, at first I didn't get what was going on, <laughs> and I still don't half the time. I refer to No Agenda as his talking people show. But I have, it's, Hello, it's the talking people show here. <laughs> we two people talk. But I have grown to appreciate the show very much, even though most of it still goes over my head. Oh, and if Adam is ever in San Antonio, he should go to one of the two green restaurants they have very tasty if spicy kale salad so you're now known as the kale guy i am the kale guy i can't wait i'm very excited jessica um when uh, when we go to uh, get miss mickey's permanent green card because you know there's two years and she's on probation and then we have to go back and i have to say if i think she's done a good job or not <laughs> we'll go to the green uh, kale restaurant <laughs> there's two of them you can have one lunch yeah. and one dinner uh, these are our associate executive producers and executive producers for show 585, which is a palindrome nobody picked up on, nope. which is fine. Even though I announced and it, I told everybody. We so want to well. thank everyone and all the rest, which we'll thank many of in the second half of the show, and remind you to go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, also the noagendashow.com site, which has a donate button, as does uh, the noagendanation.com site. And I continue to... Um I continue to do uh, auditions for commercials to, to pick up the slack. Yeah. And I got one yesterday, which I... What? I you got a commercial? You got a job? Uh, no, I got an audition. Oh. And, and, but I know, I know I'm going to get this one. I already okay. read for it. I already sent it in. But I'll just read you the text so you'll know why I'm going to get it. Uh, so this is for Chevrolet. I'm, I'm not going to do a, 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 an audition read. I'll just read through it. Purple is the first day of the rest of your life. It's a second chance of victory lap. Purple is the, the color of cancer survival. 60 years ago, one out of three people diagnosed with cancer survived. Today, two out of three will survive. Together, we can work to make it three out of three. Chevrolet and Chevrolet dealers have supported the American Cancer Society for 11 years and have raised millions in contributions. Now is the time to join us in the Purple Roads Initiative and help us finish the fight. Celebrate World Cancer Day by turning your Facebook and Twitter profiles purple now. I'm like, you know I'm going to get this gig. And I'm going to have to say, change your your icon. <laughs> you mean you just think that because of the world's natural ironic nature? Yes, yes, that's exactly what the I karmic, think. The karmic <laughs> yeah. irony precisely is going to force you, to, which <laughs> yeah. means you'll get this commercial just because you're guaranteed. Been bitching and moaning guaranteed. about this Guaranteed, guaranteed, I'm in. It's good to go. <laughs> I am the new voice of Chevrolet. You watch. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, I'm very happy that we have our... Uh, Executive producers and associate executive producers, these are real credits, as we discussed. I uh, use them anywhere credits are accepted. They actually do work. And remember us for Sunday's show. Uh, we'll also be making it rain. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Quick PR mention, brand new products on the No Agenda Nation store. 
The slave silk tie, the Hillary sticker, the White House enemies, and the drone bait. Uh, links in the show notes uh, under the PR section or go to uh, noagendanation.com. And please continue to go out there and do something really important like propagating our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And I'm dizzy. I like it. You're dizzy. That's funny. (laughs) So you hear about the Black Widows? Oh, you mean the the ones in Chechnya who are going to ruin the Olympics? Sochi. Uh, Sochi. Here we go. Which is, I think, a small ice cream treat. (laughs) With the Winter Olympic Games just less than three weeks away, there are new and specific threats to the global event. Female terrorists called Black Widows may have succeeded in infiltrating Sochi and are out for vengeance. Uh, Out for vengeance. What? (laughs) Uh, Is this NBC who's doing the promotion for the Olympics? Or is this... this uh, Who was it? May have been it, yeah. I think probably it was NBC. NBC. Probably NBC. Yeah, because they have the Olympics. They got to promote it. NBC Bay Area's Terry yeah. McSweeney is live from near the Golden Gate Bridge with more on the threat and reaction. Hey, hold on, stop! Terry. I can set this up. They, here's what. Here's the way this is done. I think all the affiliates have this same. They they send them all a package. Yep, package. And so they they fronted the package with the local report. And in this case, they put the guy over by the Golden Gate Bridge on a remote. Because, and so he's because, at the that, because that's bridge. where the black widows usually are? Or? Yeah, the, about the black widows. <laughs> and so he says, well, you know, if it was here, they'd want to blow up this bridge. That's the connection. <laughs> wow. So, you know, when people send us the, the, uh, the Conan stuff, was like, look, all the TV stations are saying the same. Yeah, we know. Okay, we know. But this is now you're getting a real look behind the scenes. So, again, so every NBC affiliate who they have the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, they're promoting the Winter Olympics. They have to promote it with fear because that works. Promoting anything with fear, fear works, works best. Fantastic. Oh, God, we'll have to watch it because maybe someone will get killed. Yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge has been the subject of terror threats and terror alerts over the years because of the international publicity such an attack could bring to a terrorist group. Now, imagine if a group could pull off an attack at the Sochi Olympic Games 18 days from now, what kind of publicity that group might get. Well, and think about, saying the, think about the ratings. That just such a plot may be well underway. <laughs> <laughs> At Sochi Airport these days, travelers are closely watched as Russian security forces search for as many as four women, suspected suicide bombers, who may be targeting the Olympics. This is one of them, 22-year-old Rosanna Ibragamova. She's a so-called black widow. She got that scar on her cheek during a raid by Russian forces last year that killed her husband. (laughs) Add to all this the threat from the grave. Two men in this video released yesterday, claiming they're preparing to carry out last month's suicide attack on Volgograd and warning of attacks on the Olympics. They, like Abragamova, are from Dagestan, a Muslim republic where many hate Vladimir Putin and want independence from Russia. Residents say Russia's reaction to Dagestan terrorist attacks has been harsh and pervasive, sometimes in mosques during prayer. Uh, oh, man. Dress from the grave. It is so... I mean, it has a, a lot of good elements. I'll give them that. They the, don't have this, by the way. These reports about the Black Widows are, are rarely on. If they are, they're short pieces. They're not really on anything but NBC. No, well, of course. 
Yeah, I'm just pointing it out. The obvious. I'm pointing it out. I'm wondering though how the package was presented. I'd love to get a hold of it because because all these these B rolls and all the stuff from these airports elsewhere. Not, we're not sending anybody here from San Francisco to check no, this out. No, this has all no. been provided. But I'm wondering because it seems to me this was the way I would send out the video uh, package from the network. I'd mm. say. Can you hold on? Hold on! Hold on! Hold on a second. I'll be uh, NBC San Francisco. It's like, uh... hello, KNBC programming department. Yeah, this is uh, Network. Hey, Network, what's up? Bill and Network. Hey, I, Bill. We got a package coming your way. It's okay. going to be a video package. Video that package. It's going to require it. a little local color. Okay, we'll get and, a guy out. Yep. It's going to be about uh, the, about the Olympics. So make sure they get the 18 days. Make sure you get the date that it begins days, on the day, network. It's got to be in the report. Got it, got it, got it. NBC, so you're yes, so here's, here's the kicker. Here's yep. what we're looking on. Here's what, what we're trying what, to what do. I want Bill? everyone to do this. It All makes right, it a little different in every market. All right, Bill, what you got? You got, you know, we did this with Indianapolis because they got that big pillar that's in the middle of the town. We want you to go to one of your landmarks. Oh, oh, you mean uh, as like. If it's a terrorist oh, target. Oh, of course. We'll do, we'll do the bridge. We'll the bridge, the yeah. Bridge. What, you got a bridge there, right? Perfect. Yeah, perfect. the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Put a guy there, and then talk about that for a second. Then kick it to the uh, to the report. We have the rest of it covered. Great, good great. Go. Yeah, no, it's great. We can. All, it's always good to to make people think about how scary it would be if they blew up the bridge. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. I have a budget about four minutes for the for the uh, video we're send. You can do. You can pat it as what much do we as put you want. On Make the... sure you get the eighteen days in there. Eighteen days. Make sure Bill. they know when the Olympics began on the network. Bill, what is the what is the Chiron for this? Who's the perpetrator? What do I put on the lower third? Uh, you got it. There's a sheet of paper that has all your lower thirds. Okay, so it'll be. Yeah, oh, I see it here. I got it. Black Widow. Got it. Got it. We're good to go, man. All right. All right. See ya. All right. Bye. Wow. We uh, we're uncannily good. Nailed it. <laughs> wow. You up talked and nailed it. Nice. Uh, but, but just just to show people how insane the promotion is for the Olympics, Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie is. Um, House, the 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 on the, um, the series House. Yeah, he's the the doctor Everyone with the cane. And so he uh, goes on Twitter and says, "I'm I'm pouring this vodka down the drain because Russia hates gays." <laughs> Hugh Laurie House is on NBC. I just want to remind you. <laughs> it's so it's so obvious. It actually, was on it was on Fox. I thought no, I think it's uh, NBC. No, it was Fox. I think it's NBC. Well, I'm gonna let you know. I'm pretty sure House is on NBC. Just do a uh, book of knowledge. I mean, it's, I'm uh, it's, I, I I'm can going be wrong. to do a search of the of the uh, house. I'm pretty sure it's on NBC network. Mm-hmm. And Fox, really? Yeah. Well, then Hugh Laurie is just a douche. Well, maybe he's trying to get a job at NBC. <laughs> that could be. Um, now, did you, you, for, I don't know if you're doing this on purpose. Are you staying out of the white paper? You just don't want to deal with it or cause I've been Am I staying out of the what? Well, I forwarded you the final draft of the, of the, I never saw it. No, uh, this is a problem. I don't know what's going on. All right. I'll, I'll forward it through your Gmail or something. Uh, because I got the final, final, final. Oh, yeah, it might be in there. I mean, I might box now that I turned it. off the thread view. Yeah. <laughs> it's now filled with crap that I don't want. But let I me know. just hold on a second. You thought you got no spam, but you just had everything to thread view. <laughs> These are not, uh, sp- no, this is not spam. This is all, you know, people. Know. Yeah, people. Yeah, you're getting emails all of a sudden. Lo and behold, it turns out if you turn off thread view on squirrel mail... <laughs> <laughs> you actually mail. Well, I only deal with the top <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, 
I usually do your. I, I do searches for certain yeah. people, and I just read all your stuff. Right. At that once. makes sense. Well, it, it would be great if if you could look at that because um, uh, Gay Crusader Brian has put the, his, you know, the Here finishing touch for your review. The complete white paper. Yes, exactly. It would be great if you can have a look. I'm confident you will have ideas that will be helpful to him. Yes, about the layout and everything, and you'll have a look at it later. Okay, I'll look at it later. So what's I it, have it now. But what happened? You know, in in just a few days that we're not on the air, the Washington Post literally comes out with a headline: "Russian President Putin links gays to pedophiles." Now, while technically true, <laughs> I can see where I can see that. I, I can see how you could dr- dream that one. Up. That's beautiful. Well, yeah. While technically true, I, mean, I, I had Mr. Oil getting translations of transcripts and everything. In fact, when you really read what President Putin said, it could not be further from the truth. And in fact, in September of 2013, the Russians signed all these agreements uh, you know, to protect and, 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 and really uh, uh, enforce uh, all kinds of law against violence against LGBTQQI. Uh, and, and even in this report, in, in, in the transcript of his interview... He does not say, hey, you pedophile gay, stay away from our kids. But that's, that is pretty much the way the, certainly the American media picked it up. And it's despicable <laughs> to see this from the Washington Post. Despicable. And CBS, and it's just, it, they should be ashamed of themselves. Ashamed. Uh, so I've got all that. I'm not going to go through it again because I'm like, I'm broken record on this stuff. But anyway, the it, parts of that will be in the white paper uh, and I just like John to take a look at it, just to look at format and how the. You know, I don't think the executive summary is in there yet, and there's it's it's a it's a big document and it's really good. And I'm and I and Brian is uh, very courageous for doing this. Well, we'll put and and we'll we'll put it as an attachment on the newsletter on one of the yeah. newsletters oh, coming absolutely. up. Absolutely, absolutely. So it'll just be or uh, a link. We'll link to a, a PDF that you can download. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 really it's going to be great. It really is. Well, it's going to just blow the lid off the media's <laughs> no, no, corruption. No, no. It will make zero difference in the world. <laughs> It'll make no difference Zero at difference. All. But at least everyone will have something to point to. Yeah. You say... It's... Here, look at this white paper. <laughs> I have no time for such white papers. I just read the headlines. I have no time for such nonsense. <sighs> yeah, exactly. All scientists agree. No, oh, oh, no. 98% of all scientists agree. It's a big yeah, difference. Well, how could that be bad? Hmm. Ah, but it's just, yeah. Uh, There's something, I got a couple of weird things here. Uh, well, here, let's, let me go into a couple of Tom Hartman clips. Thumb. Tom, sorry. Yeah. He, uh, his show, which is, you know, he's been trying to do, he's so anti-Republican. And this is where I, I need the clip of, of, of Obama talking about Gitmo. But he's so anti-Republican. Oh, I, have, I have the clip. If you want the clip, I, ha- I have. A yeah, clip. I played after I after you play. I play this clip. Then as soon as this clip's over, then you can play that clip. Well, this I'd, is the Gitmo clip. Okay. And he is so. Uh, I, w- I was watching him do his show on RT, mm-hmm. and I realized that. And he's just does anything he can just to try to be. He's a kind of a milk toast character. He's not. You know, he tries to get angry, but it's like you know his eyes bug out. That's about is, as far as he gets. This is rather new for him, though. He's, yeah, he, that's he, what I'm saying. He's and I, I finally figured out what it is since they moved Chunk and these other guys off of MSNBC. 
He knows what they're getting. Some of these guys get paid over there. He has been, I'm convinced of this. And when you hear this clip, you'll see what I'm talking about. He's looking about. for a gig is what you're saying. He is trying to get a gig with MSNBC. Yeah. Uh, because he, he can make a lot of money. He's not, the RT's not paying him anything. He's probably doing what he can to for, make money yeah, on this, yeah. on his uh, radio show. No, here's how I go. If you can bring in a sponsor, we'll give you a cut. They, yeah, there's that too, <laughs> which probably, is another pain That's in the probably ass the deal they made for him. <laughs> yeah. So here's what he, so he's trying to get everybody, uh, and, and then I, then the reason of the follow-up clip is just to remind people that this is nonsense because you have to remember when he says this, when, what, what he's about to say here, you have to remember that Obama had the, the House to himself, he had the Senate to himself, and he had the executive office. He had two years he could have shut down Gitmo because he had everybody, they were all Democrats. But somehow it was still the Republicans that were at fault because that's what Hartman's going for here. So let's play this. They're good. The anti-Guantanamo generals. On Tuesday, 31 retired American generals sent a letter to President Barack Obama urging him to fulfill his promise to close down the Guantanamo Bay prison complex. The group, which included a former Air Force chief of staff and the head of the military's Middle East Central Command, said that Guantanamo does not serve America's interests. As long as it remains open, Guantanamo will undermine America's security and status as a nation where human rights and the rule of law matter. I couldn't have said it better myself. But the future to close, the failure to close Guantanamo is not President Obama's fault. Republicans in Congress, Republicans have blocked every attempt to transfer detainees out of the prison or otherwise close the com that complex. Regardless of whose fault it is, though, it's encouraging to see people in the military call out Guantanamo for what it is, a national embarrassment. There are different things that you could do early pertaining to executive orders. Right. Uh, one of them is to shut down Guantanamo Bay. Mm -hmm. Another is to uh, change uh, interrogation methods that are used by U.S. troops. Are those things that you plan to take early action on? Yes. Uh, I have said repeatedly that I intend to close Guantanamo, and I will follow through on that. Uh, I've said repeatedly that America doesn't torture, and I'm going. There you go. Well, that's actually the 60 minutes. Um, like yeah, yeah, that's a different one. And that one's actually a better clip yeah. than the one I was I, looking I, for I, because I, yeah, I like that one too. It mentions that he could do this by executive order, yep. which puts Thom Hartman is just a, a, a hypocritical creep for blaming everything. But he's only doing that to grab the attention of MSNBC, which <laughs> so, you know, so he's going. Yeah. It's the Republicans' yeah. fault. The Republicans are right. creeps. Yeah. Put me on MSNBC so I can make some money. I'm dying. It's like, so it's, it's, uh, he's lying is what you're saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, but, hmm. All right. Well, here's the other one. He, I've noticed this too, and I got two couple of clips. So I got Hartman on the Second Amendment. Uh, and he, and then I have Bill Maher, uh, who's also harping on this, and he's from that same show. You didn't get these clips off of him, but I, I got one. But play, play first Hartman on this. Th these guys are going after the Second Amendment. He's got a new segment on his show where he puts two right-wingers, and it's called The Lone Liberal, and he argues with these two guys. It becomes a, uh, you can't, you can cut it off when you feel I, like I it. I have an idea. I have an idea. Because uh, this, I, I always like doing this. Why, before we play the clip, why don't we just remind everybody? It's it's very short. Why don't we just read the Second Amendment real quickly so everyone just remembers what it is? Is that an okay. idea? It's I mean, it's yeah, three please. sentences. Okay, the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution: A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. 
And I read that specifically so you understand that this right of the people, which apparently already existed before the Second Amendment, shall not be infringed. So this is it does not say you have the right to have guns. No, your already existing right shall not be infringed. That's what the Constitution says. A study by researchers at the UC San Francisco has revealed that people who have access to guns have an increased risk of both suicide and homicide. I mean, the, the, in fact, people with access to guns are two times more likely to commit suicide or be killed. That's 100% more likely. Every year, 31,000 deaths between suicides and homicides by guns. 51.8% uh, of suicides are gun-related. 66.5% uh, of homicides in the United States. Um, when Australia after this the 1996 slaughter in Tasmania and Australia said okay that's it we're horrified by this they actually showed the pictures of the victims on national television and John Howard George W Bush's good buddy the conservative prime minister the very to the right of the Republican party prime minister said enough the states, as they, as they decreased the number of guns in the states, Tasmania was the first. They did the biggest gun buyback, and then, you know, it went all across the country. Suicide rates and homicide rates decreased in each one of those states following the gun buyback programs. It was absolute relationship, and to this day it is held. I think, by the way, this suicide argument, I, I've never understood. Um, you know, it's, so what? If people want to kill themselves with a gun, and it's their own gun? So what? Just well, his it, argument it's messy. Is, it's messy. I mean, there's uh, there's cleaner yeah, ways of doing it. Yeah, somebody's got to clean up the mess. Yeah, it's messy. But Very inconsiderate. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, you know, but there's also you know the hanging thing. It's like you got to you know you got to the light fixture gets ripped off the ceiling and stuff. That's also annoying. Um, but yeah, this the the suicide argument. I don't. Let's listen to more. I'm I'm. Thank you for irritating me with this thom guy. This, should we not say, actually, let me take it a step beyond that. Should we not say that because the Second Amendment is archaic, right? <laughs> we, we, we said slavery was archaic, right? It was from as another era. First. We as left... long as you'll concede that the first is also archaic. No, I won't. <laughs> Who's that? Who said that was a funny line? Yeah, no, he has these two uh, right-wing guys that argue with him. And by the way, beat him at almost every turn. Say, the which First is, Amendment he's got archaic. This segment, he looks like an idiot. <laughs> That's archaic. Let's let's get rid of that First Amendment thing. That's no good. Well, I, I, Thom, yeah. wait, Thom goes on here, and you have to listen carefully. He goes on and claims that the Second Amendment was only put in by some Virginians who wanted to make sure they had guns to shoot any slaves that tried to escape. Exactly. <laughs> it's like what? I think the first the internet that didn't exist when they wrote the first amendment. We still have newspapers, um, but we don't have slavery. And the Second Amendment was passed to protect slavery. You, I'm no. sure you know the, the Virginia Ratifying Convention. The Virginians were the guys who were demanding that there be a Bill of Rights attached. Tom, that was that was the Tom. That is absolutely absurd. Yeah, everybody wanted slaves. Guns back didn't then. have guns. guns. If they had had guns, guns, had they been allowed to exercise the Second Amendment right, perhaps slavery wouldn't have existed. <laughs> Let me explain. That Michael in the, Leo, in the fashion that it did, claiming that no well, Englanders didn't well, want guns. No Let me explain this. Laws Sorry, I, that, too much. It's just that uh, it falls apart because all these guys are arguing at once. It's a terrible segment. Well, then why but does this we guy is off the deep end? Yeah, but why do we? I mean, well, you hate him. Is this sorry? a personal vendetta you have against Thom? No, I have no. I don't care one way or the other. Oh. I find actually, I've listened to his radio show, and he's every once in a while he just goes right to the heart of the matter. He he nails a topic. He's really actually pretty good from his perspective, and I and I enjoy it. But on this TV show, 
it's so obvious he's trying to get out of RT to get a gig with MSNBC that I find that extremely annoying. Ah, he's okay. also not fit you. for television. Well, he's got his a... eyes bug out. Yeah. He's you know, obviously he's not a nearsighted <laughs> guy. So when he wears glasses, because he's farsighted. It, you, you know, far, when you, people who are farsighted when they have their glasses on, their eyeballs are double the size. <laughs> yeah. And it's Marty creepy. Yeah. So uh, let's go to uh, Bill Maher and start with uh, – he, so he's on the two tirades. He's one against guns. But the other one I, caught me a little off guard because I had predicted this in an essay I had written about 10 years ago, and I got excoriated for it. And my basic thesis, well, per, first play Bill Maher one, and then I'll tell you what my thesis is. Wait a minute, Bill Maher one? Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Bill oh, Maher I'm sorry. One. I'm sorry, sorry. I got the wrong clip here. Okay, here we go. And as we start a new year, let's start a new tradition, a good tradition, to replace one of our stupid traditions, like the Electoral College. Okay, so he t- starts off by saying we had to re- replace a tradition. This is not a tradition, by the way. The Electoral College is not a tradition. No, it's a, it's a documented process. It's a process that's in the Constitution. So I had this thesis of at least 10 years ago, and I, and I stick to it, and, I, and I've always believed it. That's a, that, by the way, that's a very good catch. That, that Him saying stuff like that is pretty outrageous. Yeah. Well, play, well let's, before I go into my thesis, let's play Bill, the second Bill Maher clip, which includes some other stuff, but he still brings up the Electoral College. Which is Maher on, on, on the guns? On guns and more. But we're not going to drop that bad habit without making another important resolution, which is to stop hanging on to stupid stuff long after it's relevant just because it's tradition. We don't need the Electoral College or the drug war or the penny. <laughs> Or farm subsidies, or an amendment in the Constitution about how citizens need rifles in case they have to take over the government. <laughs> hey, people who clapped, you're the first to go. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> the first to Whatever go. the case. So, so this, and by the way, he uses the word relevant, which is the same thing Thom used, that yeah. same word, relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. these aren't relevant anymore. And, and they, but. We know they're going to go after the, the Second Amendment. That's been the, the policy. It's well, like we also, it's a, it's a, we, a self-identifier. We you also do know that. why. We also know why. And the reason is not even to actually rid the country of, of guns. The reason is to ensure that no woman in America ever votes for a Republican. Right. It's to get everyone all, Yeah. Because you associate guns with Republicans and and then you scare women yeah. with all dead kids. Yeah. And, and then they vote Democrat, and that's kind of the reason for the whole thing, which is just a great ploy. It's a, it's works a great, like a yes, champ. great ploy. And so you get more women voting Democrat than Republican for some reason, and that's the reason. I think it is very important to point out that I, I really do not believe any Democrat, well, of course there's some crazy ones, but don't actually care. They don't really want the guns gone. They just want to get reelected. They just want to have more po- the power to continue. I really, yeah, they're all shooters. In fact, Tom yeah. Hartman admitted he likes to go target shooting. Well, so does Bill Maher says he has guns. Yeah. So this is a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. Whatever the case, it's the Electoral College thing. is a new thing they snuck in there. And I, I didn't say I predicted it. I did. I predicted this. I Over a decade ago, I, I, and here's the reason. Here's the rationale. I believe that they've been going after, they, they want to go after the Electoral College because, for one thing, there's always this argument that. I think you need to stop for one second. I believe due to the nature of. Uh, the, this program's audience, the producers worldwide, I think we need to briefly explain the Electoral yes. College. Good point. 
The Electoral College is a group of people that actually pick the president in the presidential race based and they and it works like this. Every state's numbers come in and the this it, like if the state of Florida elects George Bush, then the Electoral College members from Florida cast their vote for Bush in the Electoral College. And how does how does how, what what determines how many state has how many um, uh, it's all electoral votes? It's the state's population. Okay, and who chooses the people who cast the electoral votes? At this, I think the, the, the local legislatures, they pick some people. And it, the whole thing process is really kind of just a, a rubber stamp process. If it, Here's what the problem is. They tend to the, – the electoral college can be voted – your state has the policies on how to put the electoral college votes in. Right. So if it's a winner-take-all state – uh, everybody votes for the winner. Uh, okay, so there are differences in each individual state how the Electoral College votes. My understanding is everybody does winner-take-all. That's why when you see the elections, but I think they can do whatever they want. But they, uh, In fact, I think they could even say the other guy if they wanted to, which is one of the reasons people want to get rid of it. But the, generally speaking, that's when when you see the elections, say, oh, they won Florida. That's 25 votes in the Electoral College. And that's and that the final and that's all that counts. And so what's happened over the years is that smart politics, and I think this began with Reagan, uh, began to target the populous states that had the most electoral college votes and just win those states. And then yeah, whatever Nebraska, right. Kansas, who cares? Right. They can go either way. So you so you have this thing now where you have all the states that really picked the president are the same you can count them there's california new york pennsylvania ohio texas and a couple others yeah. and those are the states that everyone tries to win nothing else matters because nothing else matters because if you can just win these big electoral college states you can win the election so the possibility always exists it doesn't it's happened once or twice i think it happened uh i can't remember which presidents but it's way back in the 1800s it happened once and i think i think it could be argued that it happened with George Bush's uh, initial uh, election. I'm not sure. Whatever the case is, the possibility exists because of this mechanism that you could have a popular vote way for one guy and the Electoral College, Votes the other him. guy wins. Right. Now, which is, always, is like, which is always, and the reason for the Electoral College has been specifically for that, so that if for some reason somehow... Everyone was paid off and they voted for the wrong guy. The Electoral College, it's like a backstop. The Electoral College right. could still say, nah, it's that an was insurance, insurance it's policy. It's an insurance right. policy process. And this has been in pro in place since day one of our... Uh... I believe so. Okay, all right. Now, the, but here's, here's the real problem. We screw all this nonsense about the process. It's gotten to the point where local... TV markets in states like Kansas and elsewhere, they get no advertising. No dollars. money, and they need money. Because nobody gives a crap who wins Kansas. And so the, so there's no money trying to make the election go one way or the other. And and so the Kansas local <laughs> markets are both. Okay, now I know where you're going. It took me now, yes, this is uh, actually a current theme which returns about every four years, and it's a good one. And so every uh, so every newspaper uh, and local magazine and TV and radio outlet in many states get none of the money that you see pumped into Ohio, which is literally billions. 
billions. It was like three billion or something total. Now, it, it, nobody really cared too much about this until, for a while. Until let me guess. Until well, it turned it, out well, that in, in California, everyone's so in for the Democrats that they also were getting no money. Right, California, big budget, large media markets, because they're all in on the Democrats. Everyone's in California's a Democrat. They were getting no money, and they should be getting a big pot of money. So the reason for this, of course, is the Electoral College. Yes. Now, if without an Electoral College, now you, you can't play the game of just targeting one or two states. California finally gets its money. So it also behooves the big media outlets to propagate this idea of removing the Electoral College because... They want the money. So when I first wrote this up, this idea, the result was, oh, you're nuts. <laughs> uh -huh. That's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> really? Anyway, yeah. I, the reaction to it wasn't very positive. But it's so obvious that that's what has to happen. Right. Well, it's all, it's. Of course, and and it's all happening now because the you know we we have to get this going. This is where the money comes from. This is so much money is involved in this, and it, and it all flows through top down. At three billion dollars at least. Uh, kind of on that on that minor topic, just a, a little side note. Um, you'll recall I was doing a show in the Netherlands on a radio station. The one that was burnt to the ground after yeah. you left because you said something. Yeah. Do you remember what yeah, it was one. I said? You said somebody was a pedophile. Yeah, right. Uh, the, uh, the the Secretary General of the Justice Department in the Netherlands, Joris Demink. And uh, I didn't just say that. I said, look, here's, here's the evidence. Here's what's going on. And I was removed from the station. The station's financing was removed. Their license was revoked. And uh, it's it turned to rubble. <laughs> uh, Good work, Adam. Yes, on Tuesday... Uh, the uh, Justice Department. Now, this guy retired two years ago. Uh, after, uh, I think, uh, blackmailing people and, and propagating all kinds of crazy crap throughout the Justice Department and the entire Dutch government. Uh, the, uh, uh, the Justice Department said, we it looks like we indeed have to prosecute Joris Demink for um, suspicion of his crimes of pedophilia. Well, aren't you happy that you did this? Because it was obviously your reporting that resulted in this in the final justice uh, being met out. It, it, well, I'm sure I contributed in some small way, but it's it's one of those things where you can say after the fact, like, see, I told you. So. I mean, I have no job, uh, and the station <laughs> the station is rubbleized, but we were right. Yeah, well, that's the reason we have no station. We have no advertisers. We can say what we want. Oh. Well, we can't say what we want. We can't libel people. No, we, no, we can't. But how? I'm going to show my. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't, Did you, it was no, it too early no, for that. So, no, I don't, don't. Don't. If I if I jump back in, don't. Don't, don't stop. Do, okay. Don't stop. I'm going to show my stuff. Don't stop the no agenda. Don't stop the music. Don't stop the music. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. actually wanted to stop it for myself because I learned a new word. It's called a slap. S-L-A-P-P. -P. Have you ever heard of a slap? No, I have, but I don't know what it is. Strategic lawsuit against public participation. Oh, that's neat. And it's uh, what this is essentially is if, if you um, say something mean about somebody and it's not really liable, but the 
the person or the company wants to sue, wants to get you, then they file what is known as you know this slap lawsuit, uh, which essentially just bleeds you dry. So that it's just it's just a way it's it's under tort, you know, because tort law is so weird in America. They yeah. just, they just they just bleed you dry until you give up uh, or, or you run out of money, which is very you run out of money very quickly. Uh, or you just die or whatever. Yeah, most of these, the, 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 the most trivial of lawsuits cost 40 grand minimum to get just to deal with. And so a, a friend of mine is very worried about um, Slap because he's doing a documentary and there's some stuff going on. Um, and uh, so he has that errors and emission insurance and all kinds of stuff. But it turns out that there's jurisprudence for us. Um, there was a uh, a talk show host who was sued... I'm trying to find, I have the Martino, Tom Martino, I think is his name. I have no idea who that is. And they they tried this slap lawsuit on him, and it was thrown out uh, because the judge said, even though this guy presents things as facts, because he's a comedian and makes jokes all the time in the show, no one could possibly think that everything he says is true. Oh, so I'm. So, what thinking. about the flying saucers, Adam? <laughs> exactly, John. Moon bases. <laughs> we never landed there. So, I'm reading this book. I'm reading. I'm starting to. I'm reading alternative. What I consider alternative reality books. I'm just. Uh, some of them are. are they're very interesting. Hello, where's, where's Where's John C. Dvorak? Who are you? Well, I'm, just, I'm thinking about the slap suit as we speak. Yeah. And I have to say that I that uh, I, I'm going to discuss this in a future segment because I've got two books to recommend people for alter, alternative reality books, which one of them is extremely well documented, which indicates that the Germans actually had an A bomb, uh, and me, they blew it up the, in October of 1944 the and took out the Berlin power grid. Give me the name of this book. I just, it's a, the name of the, it's not one of these, it's a really, it's a privately printed book someplace that is very well documented. The name is a mile long. It's in my bedroom. Right. I can't remember the name offhand. I'll no. get it for you. Okay. And the book is, uh, it talks mostly about, it's just a fascinating tale that has got stuff in there. And every time, you, here's one of the little tidbits. He be, there's documentation that indicate that we actually dropped two bombs on Nagasaki. Hmm. The first one was a dud. Really? And it was recovered. And uh, and and the and the, the it was given to the Germans to, to use whatever the, to see how the explosive how it worked because there was some issues with uh, uh, getting these trigger mechanisms to work properly. And the Nagasaki first Nagasaki bomb apparently had this problem. Huh. The other one was we never had an, we had two kinds of bombs we dropped we dropped a uranium bomb and a plutonium bomb this is documented we never had enough uranium to make the uranium bomb right up to the last minute until we robbed <laughs> a german transport of of uh highly fissile uranium that they had been developing and working on and we stole it and used it in our bomb now this goes on and on with all kinds of these tidbits and I will bring this book up on the Sunday show. Mm, nice. I like it. But, yeah, but I, it's, but it is just like, and it's not as if this guy's just blowing smoke. Mm. He, he's got newspaper articles. He talks about the the, uh, pot, the EMP that probably happened uh, that took out the uh, Berlin uh, electrical grid, which was the most modern in the world. Uh, in 1944 for for 60 hours, hmm. right when they were supposed to be testing this super, it was called a disintegration bomb. Wow, this is... That's it, what they call these This things. is great stuff. 
and they blew this bomb up as a test, and they blew it up on a bunch of uh, Jewish uh, prisoners that they put in a housing cell <laughs> and wiped them out. As one does. Yeah. And apparently they also wow. dropped one of them. They, they, you can't, couldn't make too many of these, but they dropped one of them on the Russians, on one of the on a specific Russian regiment and took the whole group out. And, and the Russians refused to talk about it because they didn't want to give anybody, you know, any edge. Heads, heads up that it, that it was real. But anyway, this is wow. this kind of thing is what I'm looking at. These well, sorts of would you please um, let us know on Sunday what that is? I I already told people books. It's, the book stuff is good, and and I I we've gotten away from that a little bit, you know. Although, I'll, I'm I'm now reading uh, Gates's book. See if I find anything interesting that hasn't been discussed on because you know you know no one on in the mainstream is actually yeah there'll read, be something. They, no one reads those books. They just, Not they just read the, no, they Although just on the Kindle, you can read, for some reason, I would recommend this to people. It's a plug. The Kindle Paperwhite. Yeah, I got, I got Mickey one of those for Christmas. Oh, my God. That thing is. The Paperwhite? Yeah, the Paperwhite, yeah. You can plow through books with that thing. You know what I like about it? It also, depending on your speed at the bottom, it'll tell you how many hours left to finish the book. Yeah, it tells you that's how many cool. minutes to chapter. Yeah, but I but, I switch back. I I don't have the paper. I have the the original Kindle, but I also use the the. I find the the Kindle app on my iPod Touch is really quite fantastic for reading at night in bed. But the paper white, it does it really beats everything. It is, it's unreal. Yeah, it, it was. I'm astonished. Uh, I can't even read a regular Kindle now because the yeah. paper white. And the great thing is you don't need light, a lot of light in the yeah. room. You just, yeah. I mean, it lights up the place. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just a. But you can plow really read fast, yeah. and it's just and your speed just goes faster and faster. I anyway, agree. that's a recommendation. I agree. I agree. Let's thank a few of our our uh, contributors for this show. Yes, beginning with uh, Kenneth Gross, one hundred twenty nine dollars and fifty eight cents from Felton, Pennsylvania. And he has sent, did send a note in. Um, okay. Uh, of course, it's again, move things around, begin the segment when I'm not expecting uh, it. I'm sorry. You know, I'm just trying to keep the show uh, uh, moving Kenneth's along, you know. I'm just trying to make it happen. Oh, here. Uh, no, this is Tim Oregon. That's, that's actually a pretty good. Oh, here it is. This must be it. No, that's Ken's note. Kenneth oh, Rose. Where is his note? Kenneth All right, Rose. we'll get back to it. I'll find oh, it. Oh, man. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, anyway, he's uh, hmm. Cutting Edge Solutions in Scotland, $111.11 from Glasgow. and um, Make it rain. Yeah, but there's, I didn't get a note from him. Oh, well, that's wrong. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, he, wants to, well, he'll, well, he has until Sunday to send it in. Yeah. And uh, we'll have to remind uh, Eric. Yeah. I don't know. Sunday, 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 making it rain. Club 33, JCD. Yeah, can is your can it send me a, an email uh, and I'll yeah. read it on the next show? Yeah. Can Sean Coffee, $80.80 from Annandale, New South Wales. Um, we might as well read it. The list is short today. You can read it. Yeah, the list notes. is very short. This, the, this newsletter with the kitten didn't work out. <laughs> kitten, we had a kitten fail. I think it was that fat guy. I think it just turned people off. They got sick. They never saw the kitten. I think they, they didn't even want to scroll down. He's like, uh. Yeah. Uh, hey, Ringo and Bingo, uh, donating this amount again, as I thought at Christmas you would starve. So I... So it is eight nothing eight nothing. Oh, oh get it. I eight like that. Nothing eight nothing. Nice. 80, 80? Nice. I like that. Yeah. You have a lot of Aussie producers. We should all start a fund to get the whole duo plus 
plus on a hot pocket store down under and get Ringo and Bingo meet up with the dingo. This is this is in the planning. I mean, I again we're going to have a a very busy year, but I really 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 want to go. And Miss Mickey really wants to join me. We just we're the the other two, we did t- two hot pies. It's so tiring. I'm so tired, and I'm not feeling well. Yeah, well, today in particular. Yeah, today is not a good day to talk about travel. However, sixty nine, sixty nine, dudes, back with a vengeance. So we have sixty niners here, a couple of them, quite a few actually. Swazzle enough karma, just for people who are questioning where this Edward came from. Granado in West Hills, California. Uh, 6969. 69. He says he's in also known as Porn Valley. Woo-hoo. Long time, first time, desperately need job karma. Mm. We at, at the end of 6969, 69, we'll give a bunch of job karma out. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. Onward to Rob Warren in Sunderland, Tyne and Ware, UK. Anthony Garlinger in Downers Grove, uh, Illinois. You can read these and see if there's anything I need to say well, there. This is Heil, Guardians of Reality. Thank you for your courage. I have hit another milestone in my life, so it's time for another donation. My wife and I are officially expecting a new human resource. Well, two, actually. hey oh. Both shall be raised to question authority, think for themselves, and do their own research before believing what bullcrap is fed to them. See, this, this puts a smile on my face. Yeah, it does. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily work out that way. What is that? What? Hello, Debbie Downer. Hey, I'm going to just tell it like it is. Like my daughter, for example, uh-oh. who goes to a, a, a kind of a conservative uh, university, Willamette, she's still subject to the same propaganda stuff. And I tell her, no, 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 you can't. No, no, look at it this way. And then she does. She's like, you're a dad. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. I, she doesn't, um, I think it's still, I think it's still, it, it, it rubs off. And there will be something, the, the questioning of, you. come on, Jake questions authority. I've yeah, usually that. mine. <laughs> well, that it's training wheels, Daddy-O. It's important. <laughs> That's how it starts. Now, I, when people say to me, well, what good do you think you're really doing with that no agenda show? <laughs> Is that that same guy? No, it's a Will different you stop guy. stop talking to him? It's a different guy. That's actually, okay. And, and, I, and I say, well, you know what? One by one, one little person at a time, we're making our little difference. And it's mainly by making him laugh and making him feel good about, you know, the constant assault of bullcrap that's being thrown over them. And if you can get your kids into this at an early age, it will make them happier people, I think. Well, I I think, well, I, yeah, maybe. Oh, wow. I, maybe if they listened to the show, it would help. Well, yeah. But, you know, not everyone can listen to the show. People who don't have a commute will never listen to the show. It just doesn't happen that way. No, it's true. People really do need to be a commuter to listen to this show. I, I had uh, I, I had a mandate. I've had my. You had a I, mandate. I've what had, was your mandate? I had two mandates. The first two ones I've had in Austin. One. Oh, was, you mean a mandate? Yes, but I like you saying had a, a mandate. Date with a man. I had a date with a man. Two men. Okay, one one at a time. Monday, uh, with my buddy Mark, and uh, we talk. And and it's great because you know we just talked all about uh, Turkey. And uh, Caliphate, and you know, who else except you and my wife will talk to me about this stuff? And then uh, Tuesday, uh, I had uh, drinks and dinner, well, more bar food with uh, Eric, the constitutional lawyer, who, of course, he can't talk to anybody in Austin. <laughs> he can't talk to a single person. And it's so nice. 
where you can just have you know a conversation about the bull crap. You know what I mean? And so this is this is what we do as a show. We give you the understanding that you're not alone. But even I have that sometimes. And there you go. Onward, yeah, no, I think that a lot of people uh, got a clue. Yeah, well, they do. Many but of them are listeners. They're often they, they gravitate toward our show. They had a clue. Many had a clue before the show. They just now they're just ah yeah. ah yeah. Hey. exactly. John Geyser in South Elgin, Illinois, uh, was a boner. Now he's a donor. Nice. James Smith in Ottawa, Canada, sixty-nine, sixty-nine, and finally Scott uh, yeah. guy And I got a note. Okay. I got a note from Harwick, uh, Pennsylvania. I wonder if yeah, that's anywhere. Harwick. If that's anywhere near the Gulen compound. He just says he's got a birthday. That's all the note says. Really. Oh, is that on the list? I, I don't see a. Hmm. He's no, not, uh, he's, yeah. He's not on the wait, list, man. Do I need to put him on the wait list? Wait a minute. Needs some swashel enough. Six nine December first birthday. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't put it. Just I had to write, I write this out for Eric. I didn't put the birthday on there, and it was December first. But give him a birthday call out. Okay, December. Scott Checkay. Okay. Sixty nine. Sixty nine, dudes. All right, all right. That's it. Thank you very much for the swaz enough karma. It's usually used for getting laid. Uh, also, you wanted me to do a quick jobs karma for everybody who needs jobs, it. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah. karma. Just throwing it in there. I have a note here from, uh, what is this, 5754? Oh, well, first okay. we have Stephen Morris. Okay. No, I'm just I was still digging around. Hmm. Stephen Morris in Holly Springs, North Carolina, $60. Narada Stapel in Safety Bay, Australia, 5850. Timothy Organ in London, Ontario, 5734. He has a very long note. And I'm trying to see what he said here that might be worth uh, Why don't repeating. You take, while you're looking at that, I'm just going to go back to Narada Staple for a second. Because, uh, okay. again, it's a short list today. So as I type this, my wife's mom is having an operation for brain cancer. <clears throat> Can I have an F cancer karma for her recovery? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And a lot of people uh, want that. So. Why not? You've got karma. Why not? Screw the cancer. Anyway, he says a bunch of links, and he, especially about Rob Ford and some other stuff that we'll look over. And he says he wants to thank us for the great show. It's a podcast that is very well done. Oh. Well, that's a compliment to the producer. Huh. Well, Base, yeah, yeah, everyone's from producer. Ma, uh, ma, is it Machi, 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 Stolowoski? We had the name. We knew <laughs> how to pronounce it. He's in Calgary. Masi She's in Calgary. Stolofsky. I can't even remember if it's a man or a woman. Macy Macy Stolofsky. I think I said Macy Macy Macy. Well, we're yeah. ah, we suck. Can't believe yeah, this. Was, this this you know I almost convinced that he's donating only for this purpose. <laughs> just well, I know <laughs> Dutch people do it, but <laughs> just to make hey, watch this. Those idiots. Uh, and then the fifty dollars each from Peter Colvin in uh, the UK. T. Abel in Bergfield, Berkshire, the UK. We got the UK today. Hmm. Jason Daniels in Dallas, Texnuts. Uh, Voodoo Video Unlimited in London, London, UK. Eric Veet in Dublin, California, just up the street from me. David Trotsky, who does reminisce about his name, he says, Can you imagine being a uh, kid in high school during the Cold War with <laughs> the last name Trotsky? <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. He's in Romeoville, Illinois. Trey Trotsky, Can only got imagine. your ice pick for you. Yeah. And finally, Benjamin C. Smith in Oakland, California, 50 bucks each. And we want to thank them and all the others that 
came in with lesser amounts uh, for helping us out here on show 585. As we had 15 shows from now to show 600, which is something to think about. Yeah, that's true. 600. Um, Almost there. Seven weeks. Oh, you've uh, you've actually done the, the math on it. No, I mean, this is 15 shows. It's two shows a week, seven weeks, seven and a half weeks. Oh, man. Not a lot of math to do. No, we we still got to get some other gigs going. Well, you got your voiceover work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will soon be the voice of Chevrolet. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, well, obviously, um, this is our value for value proposition. People like it. People support it. We thank you very, very much for that. And again, also thanks to our executive producers, our associate executive producers. Uh, remember, we have another show coming up on Sunday, and there will be more to pull apart as we continue. I mean, I'm, I'm just doing the deep dives on uh, on the caliphate, on the Ottoman Empire, on Turkey, how it connects with Syria. Uh, it's. I don't think anyone else is doing this, quite honestly. Um, so if you want more of it, uh, support us. You go to... Dvorak.org. Slash N-A It's your birthday, birthday Oh, no, I can't Durkin congratulates his twin sister Beth, his nephew Patrick, and himself Celebrating on Friday the 24th Tomorrow, Jessica Wyatt says happy birthday to her husband Andrew Wyatt He'll be celebrating on uh, Sunday the 26th So she got in on time, happy birthday Kenneth Gross, also on the 29th and Scott Chekai, belated happy birthday for December 1st from your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. And uh, no nightings today. Uh, we only had a short list, was to be expected. Whenever we do well, then it, it's the yo yo effect, which I could do without, by the way. <laughs> you can't get away from oh, it. The yo yo effect. Just a little much for me. Oh, boy. Let's see how Justin Bieber's doing in the news. Danica <laughs> Patrick's in the news. Yeah, they had a. Uh, you know what's? Uh, yeah, I got some like a little quick fun stuff. Uh, caught the president with a flub. Always funny just to laugh at the president. One of them, uh, Estefan uh, Rodriguez, where, uh, who also uh, who also is here. Where where is he? There he is. Good looking young guy right here. <laughs> Could not speak a word of English when he moved to the United States from the Dominican Republican. There he is from from the, the Dominican, Dominican Republican. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's because he's so. This is a prompter flub. He's so used to seeing the word Republican on his teleprompter that it just flips out now. Flips yeah, out no, now. that's exactly what yeah. that was. Um, yeah, you know, the prompter thing is, you know, he's not that bad as an ad libber when he comes on, does Leno or especially with Letterman, because apparently the two of them like each other. Yeah, but that, I mean, that is all pre-produced and pre-discussed. And, to a and, point, and, but it's not so well rehearsed. It's, it's, it's well, it's better than his prompters yeah. stuff. He's, he's going to have the prompters out. I think they should be, now if Letterman had a sense of humor, when they brought the president out, they'd have two prompters up there just as a joke. But that's funny. Nobody thinks I, know, that I like, like that. I like me. that. There's a there's a term going around which I think we should pay attention to because I'm not quite sure it's well understood. Here's a CBS um, throwing it out there uh, in in an in interesting context. Demonstrators blocked private shuttle buses operated by Google and Facebook in San Francisco Tuesday. Several tech companies use the shuttles to transport workers to and from their jobs in Silicon Valley. Some 35,000 passenger pickups a day. This seems to be about more than shuttle buses. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. 
The private buses have become symbols of income inequality. Income equality. What? This is a big term. Income. Uh, well, it's either income inequality or income equality. Apparently, the president is striving for something called income equality. And I'm not sure if this is based upon gender or just, you know, you make that, we got to make the same. I hear it all the time. It, it, it's, it seems to be a meme that is floating around, hasn't quite found a home yet. You haven't caught this? Oh, no, this came up weeks ago. Yeah, they've been talking about this is like, I don't know what the, I don't know where they're headed with it. That's why I haven't really discussed it or thought much about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it's all over the place. And this Google thing is is apparently a worldwide thing. I have a clip from uh, France Van Cat Mm -hmm. uh, on the San Francisco Google bus, bus international coverage. And this is the way they handled it. Well, first of all, they got cool music. I mean, hello, right there. That's much better. American rap group Cashbox have released a song criticizing Google buses, the ultra-luxury vehicles driving around San Francisco. Provided by the web giant to transport employees, the buses are targeted as the level of comfort they offer is deemed indecent. A satirical video fueling the debate, which has continued to grow in amplitude in recent weeks. Last month, the inhabitants of San Francisco and its suburbs blocked Google buses on several occasions and even broke the windscreen of one vehicle in Oakland. Chanting slogans such as, San Francisco is not for sale, the protesters criticized Google in particular for causing rent increases by encouraging rich employees from Silicon Valley to move to San Francisco, leading to thousands of evictions. There are even signs of the protests on the city's walls. As shown by some social network users, many posters denounce these buses, which have become symbols of inequality between inhabitants, whether they are owned by Google or by other Silicon Valley companies, such as Apple, Facebook and Yahoo. The debate has also inspired two San Francisco artists, Colleen Flaherty and Matteo Bitanti, who depict miniature Google buses in a series of sculptures entitled The Street Views of San Francisco. The sculptures can be seen on their site, which highlights changes to the urban landscape where instability and wealth rub shoulders, a phenomenon which, according to the two artists, has led San Francisco to lose its soul. So San Francisco apparently has lost its soul. <laughs> also, Oakland is part of San Francisco, according I to that report. Lost if my listen. soul. <laughs> Somehow, Oakland, they stopped the bus in Oakland. Yeah. I don't know if that got to do with anything. I mean, but now, is, I'm just thinking now, is there something more going on here? Is is everyone you know in San Francisco all pissed off about this? Is it all, is it really the huge you outrage? This is like some sort of a crazy publicity stunt that is so deep? Mm, maybe. I I, 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 what I do is question things. That's all I can. No, I, do. I know, and I would. I've been questioning it myself, and I like the report. Well, the, for one thing, it's a pro Google report because it go because of this information that came out in this report. They go, they uh, the rap group is mocking these buses because they're too luxurious. Yeah, yeah, right. They're so luxurious. They're sinfully luxurious. We don't see any. I've never seen a picture of the inside of these buses, but I know that type of bus. Yeah, it's just a bus. It's got uh, nice seats and it's a bus. But we all you know, know that. Not, yeah, it's symbolism. Not got a bunch of go-go dancers in there. But this, it all—it's—it's it's all symbolism. And I, I guess the question, hmm, because typically when things are going well in the economy of a city like San Francisco, uh, people are happy because money is money flows. Uh, so either a the money's not flowing, um, 
And, and all I hear is rents going up, rents going up. We know the, the poor people of San Francisco can't afford to live there anymore. And can't even afford to live in Oakland. They can't even afford to live wherever. Now the latest thing is San Jose. There's as far a bunch as San Jose. About, huh? wow. There was a couple in, in the downtown, not right downtown, but right in the main part of San Jose. There are apparently a couple of these, they call them trailer parks. Now, when I was up in Oregon last time, and, and I don't know why this is, and I don't, you probably haven't done it either, but I've actually never driven through one. I mean, there's tra- there's two kinds of trailers parks. There's the park that's got a bunch of trailers in it, mm-hmm. and that people travel around, they park their trailer, and then they... Yeah, no, un- that's like an RV park. That's where... It's yeah. similar to an RV yeah. park, but they're usually for longer term. Mm-hmm. There's an RV park. Just let's make it three kinds. There's we, the RV we, park. We actually short term. We stayed at a, an actual trailer park when we did our first tour in uh, North Carolina. Right. Yeah. So we, I've I've been I've stayed at a trailer park. Okay, but you've never been into one of these these this what they call a trailer park, but it's actually a small housing development that has nothing but very elaborate double wides. Double wides, yeah. Exactly. That are permanently installed. Yes, no, you I have You can't been. drive your RV in there and park it. No, and I didn't, yes, correct. Have you been in through yes. those things? Yeah, that's the one in North Carolina. That it, Well, how did you get to park? There's no room to park in no, those we, things. We, uh, one of our producers, his name evades me for a moment, he runs the trailer park. Oh, and he lets you park in his driveway or something yes, like that? Yes, exactly. Okay. All right, well, those trailer parks, I, I was up in Oregon with my daughter and we're driving somewhere, and I and I, there's one of these parks, and I said, "Let's go in here." And said, of course, on the spur of the moment, I we and we drove through the thing, and it's like all the <laughs> look like houses. Wait, this is where she starts questioning your authority, Dad. I don't want why I want to drive through the trailer park. I, I we were actually she were, <laughs> she was fascinated as much as I was. Okay, good. We drove through the thing, and it's got like streets and the you know cross sections. It's like a little town. Yeah. Oh, there's no room for it. I mean, it's all permanent uh, with gardens and driveways and special garages. It's, it looks like houses, but it's actually these these uh, mobile the double-wise are these things that they're sold just for this purpose. They're not You don't really drive around the country with them. And it's modular housing is what it amounts to. So there's one of these in San Jose, and they, they're going to tear it out. And put in a high rise, and they and so they were interviewing these women that were living a mom and a daughter, ninety year old mom and her seventy oh. year old daughter living in one of these things, and they're talking about how they're getting rousted. And there's no place else for them to go, and what are they supposed to do? You can't really move these things. And I just think you know this is one of the things that is going on. They're 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 uprooting um, things like these these parks because essentially it's a it's a real estate idea. You you build a bunch of these put people in these things and then you have a whole bunch of land that you own the guy in your case owns most of the property i'm sure and they just those guys just play squatters rents right well, well this is kind of <clears throat> this is kind of the uh, the perverseness of when people really want to help brad pitt um you know was going to put 150 houses in new orleans in the ninth ward and of course these were also uh houses that brad pitt designed because brad pitt is a uh, a frustrated uh, architect and I think they only put 40 or 50 in, and instead of the the people whose lives were destroyed and devastated, you know, you got kind of upward, like more like yuppie types coming in, and boom, immediately all the clubs everywhere that used to have no cover charge to come in and watch a band, now they're charging cover. And then the people who, who live there, who actually these houses were intended for, they have to move away. 
Yeah. So this does happen all the time. And it's good intentions, I think, uh, but it always kind of backfires. I think it's good intentions, too, but it's like naive good intentions because it never works out. Especially when you have guys who just got the, you know, the money touch. You know, they go in there and put yeah, something up. the money touch. They do. So there are some people that whatever they do that just makes money and it at the expense of the locals. You know, the whole hipster thing is kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like Austin. Austin uh, is changing that way rapidly. <sighs> oh, well. Yeah, something I've been holding on to for, it was just kind of fun, just a couple of fun clips that we could listen to. Um, you know, marijuana is still a big conversation in the, the United States. And there was this DEA agent, I think it was, yeah, it was like a deputy something or other, Capra is his name. And he was, he testified about marijuana and how the DEA has to deal with it. And I just wanted to, you know, this is, so this is all kind of federal and he was testifying in front of Feinstein and it's just kind of funny how he was freaking out about how marijuana is just so horrible. And you want to listen to just a couple clips here? Just uh, this guy? Yeah, I'm always interested in that stuff. Okay. I have to tell you this. I have to. And I served in the great state of California for nine years as, as a new agent. And I went with you to Redding, California. You don't remember. There was more hair here when you we established an office up there for meth. I must tell you this because it would be wrong for me to tell you. Going down the path to legalization in this country is reckless and irresponsible. I, I am... I, the, the department has set up factors, sir, if, and, and I get that. I'm sir. talking about the long-term impact of legalization in the United States. It, it scares us. Now, listen very carefully. The, the treatment people are afraid. The education people are afraid. Law enforcement is, is, is worried what is going to happen. In every part of the world... Where this experiment has been tried, it has failed time and time again. No, no, that's not true. This is just a blatant lie. In Portugal, where all drugs were decriminalized, it's been very successful. Very successful. Now, yes, it's an out-and-out lie, but I love how it's in every place in the world. Why doesn't somebody that's listening to this say, what about Portugal? We've got plenty of numbers on Portugal, and this is not the case. And I think you can make the same rationale for Holland when it was, like, normal. Yeah. Yeah, now, that of course, that had to harmonize, and that's all screwed up. Um, now he comes with some uh, uh, alliteration. Illiter alliteration? What is it? Um, Liter alliteration. A a alliteration. Alliteration. Anyway. People think that DEA and law enforcement officers around the world are, are, are interested in Billy and his bong and his basement. Come on. That's a good one, man. Come on. I love that. That's like, like building bombs in your basement for Boston is Billy and the bong in the basement. It's beautiful. We're, we're not. I, we, we never have been. That's his mother and father's problem. <laughs> that's not the federal government's problem. That's not Jimmy Capper's problem in DEA. That's a mom and dad problem. What I'm interested in, what DEA has always been interested in, is, is the trafficking group's that want Billy to be puffing on his bomb, the groups that are selling dope to our kids because they live off the backs of addiction, that's what they want. And by the way, we've never gone after, and have done that because people thought we're going after small-time traffickers. I've been DEA for 27 years, never arrested an addict, and, and, and I don't have any small-time traffickers that we're going We don't have time for that because we're dealing with things like this on a global scale. Yeah. Re really? That's another lie. Yeah. Oh, I know. The prisons are filled with not only small-time traffickers but users. I know. They're filled to the gills with these guys. 
And of course, they part part of the prison uh, uh, corporation, you know, manufacturing segment of the country, which allows us to have prison laborers. And so this guy is a, just a blatant. This guy should be ashamed of himself. He's just a, just lying through his teeth because, well, of course, it's, what is he going to do if it was all legalized? He would wouldn't get a job. Obviously, he's got no other skills. Meanwhile, the deferred prosecution agreement between the Justice Department and HSBC, the bank. Uh that was reached in December 2012, was approved on Monday. Uh, the settlement for the bank failing to stop billions of dollars in drug money from fl- flowing through the bank from Mexico. They will pay $2 billion in fine, which is about five weeks' worth of profit, to avoid criminal charges. Oh, good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, Meanwhile, some kid gets picked up because, you know, Billy and his bong is home from a Friday night high school football game. Here is a statistic I did not know, and I have no way of checking it. There are more dispensaries in Denver than there are Starbucks. Now, do you think that's true? Yeah, I, I, I heard this before. This is one of their little common things they like to drop out there, and then it is true. Wow. Awesome. It, it, I, I think you're telling me that federal law ought to be enforced. There's what it's all about. There you go. There. Was that Grassley? Yeah. Like grass? No, 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 that's not Grassley. That's, um, I forget who that is. But that's really what it's about. So I had a nice conversation with Eric, the constitutional lawyer, about this. Oh, um, good. And, um, and I asked him, because he, he, he was doing some permitting for a gas-fired electricity generation plant in El Paso. Um, and uh, it is f- a four turbine. He says it's pretty much like having a 747 on on the tarmac revving its engines full speed. That's what this is, and it can provide uh, enough wattage for a quarter of the population of El Paso, probably about two hundred thousand people. And he said, "What should just be a matter of just getting a building permit because of the EPA?" He says, "Turns into this huge, incredible litigation." And I said, well, I don't understand. How come, why is it that you can't just, like Colorado with with their weed? You know, it's like the the feds don't come in and bust everybody because they don't really have the right. And he says, yeah, he never thought of it that way. But it turns out Texas has some of the, the most, the toughest environmental laws anywhere. And because of that, people can, which I didn't know either, by the way, People can just throw up roadblocks all the time. Eventually, they get it done. Um, but again, there's no way that the that federal law trumps the state law. Even the EPA really, they can make it very tough for everybody. They can't really stop it. Uh, but because everyone believes that federal law that trumps everything, and we have this conversation all the time, and my God, how many lawyers do we have listening to this show that write us and say, you're wrong, federal law does trump state law. Well, generally speaking, I, there's like the la- last guy who did that, uh, they tend to be law students. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which means, which says to me, what does that say to us? It says that the law schools are the ones teaching this 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 concept. Yes. Well, Because you're coming out yeah. of law school and you've got that's this true. It just built in you know, so it's your lockstep, you know, uh, uh, Hitler salute built into your <laughs> studies. Really? You will spew this, and it becomes part of the, you know, just, just make it universal. Hmm. In fact, the one guy was going on, I said, well, then, okay, explain to me 
and this is what I thought was was really said it all. Why you had to have the amendment to the Constitution to outlaw alcohol, the prohibition. Uh, exactly. A 12th Amendment. Or another another 12th perfect example. Repealed it, one of the two. Anyway, so you had to have a constitutional the, the 20, amendment, 20, which means why didn't you have to have a constitutional amendment to make marijuana illegal? And his response was a convoluted one that said, back then. Ah, back then. It was different because there's been certain court cases, certain Supreme Court decisions, and certain and, and also new ways of doing things that now would make it if if it was if we wanted to do prohibition today, according to him, we wouldn't need a constitutional amendment. We just need a federal law. Right. Well, that's just not true because we have a federal law for pot and no one's enforcing it because they know they can't. They don't want to get into a Tenth Amendment uh, beef at the Supreme Court level when all of a sudden all their laws are crap. So they're not gonna. They're not doing anything. They're scared <laughs> yeah. to death. Yeah. Oops! Oh, oh, wait a minute. And now everything's off the table. Can't have that. Well, this is. Uh, <clears throat> there's something happening in uh, in the Euroland zone um, as well. In fact, the Netherlands just had a uh, a citizens' initiative for an EU referendum, uh, which is an interesting because the Netherlands are pretty docile people. They're kind of all in on everything and. Oh, hum, whatever, just go along. Even though it was the Netherlands and France, you'll recall, who in 2005, in referenda, voted against the European Constitution, which resulted directly in the Lisbon Treaty, which was which was not voted on. The only country that was allowed to vote on it was Ireland. Ireland said, no, we don't want it. Then we had a do-over and said, look, you're going to vote yes. And then everybody voted yes somehow. It was very interesting how that happened. Um, the Netherlands... Um, got, they got 63,000 signatures or more than for this uh, citizens initiative. They want a referendum to um, stop uh, uh, power, more power going to Brussels, to the EU, and even uh, specifically removing themselves from the EU. Not that I think that will happen. Um, I don't even know if they'll get a referendum the way they want it because you know, that is not the system of government in the Netherlands. It's a uh, it typically is a representative government with a coalition. But it is interesting that it's happening, and, it, and it's a lot more than I expected. I didn't think this would, would take place at all. Um, and it does seem that I, they're going to have to do a lot of shut-up to a lot of slaves because I'm feeling that there is some movement. Um, you know, we get, Nigel Farage would be leading some of that with uh, Le Pen from France and... Um, and uh, uh, Geert Wilders from the Netherlands, and I think there's someone in one of the Scandinavian countries who I can't think of at the moment. And there are there is some movement going, and they're going to have to shut this down quickly uh, because this vote is coming up in I think May. Um, and I know it's just I I can feel some movement here and there, and it, and it's kind of a similar thing. We'll follow that obviously. I try to. I, I was, again, listening to, to some of these foreign uh, news reports. This was, I found, just for the audience's, inter, not entertainment, but just, in, it, this. I thought this was interesting. This was the, uh, this is a clip that's, that's dubbed refugee numbers, and it discusses the number of, ref, you know, refugees from various conflicts and countries and whatever today compared to what we had in 1975, which you'd think would be, which, you know, maybe ramp up with the population and double mm -hmm. 
let's mm-hmm. say. But it, the numbers are, are quite, I would I ask you, what do you think the number, how many refugees there were in the world in 1975 and how many do you think there are today? And you, your guess would be hard to come close to this. Listen to this and, and, and just listen to these numbers. In 1975, there were some 1,400,000 refugees across the world. In 2012, this figure stood at close to 18 million. This interactive map focuses on the numbers of people fleeing conflict in their home country or political or religious persecution over the past 40 years. Well, I'd say Syr- <coughs> Syrian refugees by themselves is, only, is a million. Yeah. <clears throat> this is outrageous. Well, you, uh, the you, rebelization of the world <laughs> creating... I love that term. <laughs> yeah. is, ...is creating this outrageous refugee problem. I mean, we went from a million five or so in 1975... Which you know, which was a period of a worldwide depression. Essentially, uh, it was a bad era. To eighteen plus million. Yeah, so just <clears throat> aimlessly roaming around and living in camps. This is terrible. A lot of that is, I believe, is happening in uh, in uh, the Middle East. Uh, I think Africa as well. <clears throat> yeah, Africa and the Middle East is where most of it's happening. And also, I think... Uh, By the way, as, as part of the... Just a little callback to the Eurabia and as a part of the uh, the Caliph and the Caliphate and all this stuff that I've been reading about, Africa, you know, is a big part of this. There, There is a big... You know, the Muslim conversion process is also all over Africa. And this creates wars and that creates the same thing. More people moving around, moving in tents and... And you know who's in charge of this at the at the uh, at the big United Nations level? You know, you know who is the ambassador of refugees? Well, is it Hillary? Angelina Jolie. Oh, <laughs> so she, I think she should. We need to fire her ass. She's doing a horrible job. Yes, she is. She's not doing anything good for the refugees. It's only gotten worse. Kinky sex. That's you, the problem. You need to get George Clooney in there. Get someone in there who will do, do something. Yeah, get George Clooney. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to cue you for the uh, call Clooney. <laughs> call Clooney. I, didn't, I, I, I didn't feel it's it my was... my favorite clip. I didn't feel it was time to do it. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney is a spy. I like that one better. I know you do. You love that one, and you never play the other one. Do you want? You like the call Clooney better? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a toe-tapper. You've got something to Really, it's a toe tapper. Uh, <laughs> very nice. Let's talk very about nice. native advertising for a minute. Since I teased it in the newsletter, I want oh, to just good. get a couple names out there for people. Let's explain. You want to run run by everybody? This is this is the new thing. Everyone's into it. It's the New York Times Everybody's is doing it. it. Washington Post is doing it. It seems to be the only way now that uh, you can make money on the internet with uh, content. Yeah, and so you have so native advertising, which means it appears in your publication natively as though it was an article, is actually an advertisement. And a good native ad, and I've seen, you see these all the time. I bitched about it in print myself. I'll probably complain more. Uh, Even though if I was running a magazine or a newspaper, a normal one that was not like ours, which actually gets to the bottom of things, but something that's just weak entertainment for the masses, I would probably be all in on this. One of the biggest... uh, operations out there is Mashable, which is completely not only all in, but it's a poster boy with cash more appearing on the 
website of the number one agency uh, in the country, the MSL Group, uh, is the number one uh, native advertising operation pushing it. I think I don't know if they invented it. It's hard to tell where it actually came from. I mean, it's been around for a long time, but nobody, everyone, it was always rebuked. Well, I think that take- if I can just interject, the, I think the main the main um, difference here is that uh, these publications are allowing the advertisers direct access into their content management system. So there's they don't there's no editorial process. It flows right through into the native. If you want to see this in, in action, you'll get a kick out of this because you know these systems. Mm-hmm. The company that you're looking for there is called Nativo. N a t i v o. Nativo. And essentially, you subscribe to them, and then they take the crap that you want to put in the New York Times or one of these other places, and they just drop it in. And in real time, let me read you from the slideshow that MSL Group has Mm. about, uh, I'm just going to read from the slides so you can see what they're talking about. Where can native advertising be executed? Native advertising, this is a a, a deck. Native advertising can be executed across a variety of media publishers and platforms such as publisher sites and blogs such as BuzzFeed, Business Insider, CNN Money, Entrepreneur, Forbes, Kiplinger, Maxim, Motor Trend, Reader's Digest, Source Interlink, The New York Times, TheStreet.com, USA Today, WebMD, and a few thousand more. (laughs) It's everywhere. All the top social networks have native products. Facebook, Foursquare, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, and Tumblr. So this is a plague on on anyone actually you know, I, on I real know. news no, coverage no, no. or reporting no no. no no this is just essentially taking as a that and they show up on the, all the tv shows in fact you're getting that chevy job and i and i and you can't even spot them because a good native ad we've spot them all the time of course but every once in a while you wonder is this really is this a native ad or is this like generally speaking if they're eating mcdonald's big macs on a tv show and Bre- and talking about how great they are that's a, that's, that's a native, native advertisement in some way shape or form and that's what we saw with the the five or whatever it is on well, Fox. let me just say there's a difference between product placement which is so for instance uh, morning joe has starbucks coffee uh, as does the voice by the way um, uh, american idol has uh, coca-cola and they're paid and they're, of course and they're taking a sip etc um, then there's a difference where you have where they actually do a, a segment about healthy eating, and and the panel in the morning is talking about how McDonald's has um, uh, salads. So that's that is the real native advertising. We actually right. we ran a, across one in the Wall Street Journal, which someone sent to me. It was about the uh, uh, James Pennebaker's book, and of course, you know, we talked about him months ago. This is the uh, UT of Austin professor uh, who taught us about performatives. And so there's an article in the Wall Street Journal, and it's and you know you think it's about this book and the performatives, but then it very slowly uh, moves into this uh, outfit that uh, let me see what's the name of it here. Um, I'm sorry, it it turns into some some company that uh, some communication skills training company, Syntaxis, and that's really what it's about. And whether that's a PR job or a paid for, whatever it is, they misused editorial to flow you into this uh, this organization. And that, to me, is like, I felt that was an advertisement. I can't, 
I can't say for sure, but I think it was. Yeah, I really think it was. Now that we've seen a lot of these things. We try to pull them when we see them, and then, you know, in some cases you can kind of guess who paid for this uh, spot, and sometimes it'll be, seems like a regular report. Uh, then you uh, somehow or other you, you realize it may have been paid for, but if it's really well done, you don't know for sure. Yeah. That's the really yeah, great native advertising, really well and that's yeah. what's actually dangerous. I have one example of that here, hmm. which is uh, I don't know if this was paid for by anybody. There is a prominent name that comes up, mm-hmm. which indicates it might be, but I, I have no idea if this is a legitimate report, if it was a video press release or what it was, but you can play this clip. It's a blow for Honda story. Okay. <laughs> a blow for Honda today as Consumer Reports says it can no longer recommend the Honda Fit after it placed last on a crash test. The test looks at how well cars hold up when they hit a wall on the driver's side at 40 miles an hour. The Insurance Institute for Highway Safety says the structure of the Fit car collapsed around the driver. The steering wheel moved and the driver's head hit the instrument panel. In addition to the Honda Fit, five other so-called mini car cars rated poor on the crash test. The Fiat 500, uh, 500, the Hyundai Accent, Toyota Prius C, the Nissan Versa, the Mitsubishi Mirage. The Chevrolet Spark was the only small car to receive an acceptable rating. <laughs> well, yes, we know that Chevrolet uh, has a media buy. In fact, how do we know that? Because I'm doing voiceovers for them. I'm auditioning. So yeah, Chevrolet is uh, spending money. So I would say yes. Yeah, it was it was well done enough though that except the thing that was kind of the giveaway it looked like to me like it was native advertising was they had the at the end of the, the when they punched the the punchline of the Chevy uh, got away without getting a bad rank yeah. they had yeah. a the car they had a B roll of the of the little car oh, bouncing car. around yeah. it. Well, but I still, just, I, I think that the, to me, still, John, I think the difference and where it matters to us is the direct access to the systems. So you're in the publishing system of the New York Times. It's a little different than something on television. You know, what, I, yeah, but those, I think native ads on television are probably in some ways, if they're done well, are more sinister. Uh, because they really, you can't really, it's not, and, you, and yeah, that's true, you can't just drop one and you have to run, you got to get them to buy yeah, but it. But is that product placement or, you know, what? I, I think that's, a, I think, think that's a native, native ad and I think it's, I think it's, and I think it's slightly sinister. Well, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I don't think it's anything worse than this Nativo thing. If you look at that website, here, they, got a, they, they essentially they got give a you a, they got a video, an API for the New York times and you can, and they give you what's called an editorial. Well, mm-hmm. And that is wide open. Yeah, they got it's a like video. open for you to put your, your article in. Let me see if I can play this video. Uh, I don't know if uh, if Shockwave Flash is going to be happy. But this today. is one of the reasons that I think people the really t- have to think about this, this show and what we're doing. Because you're not get you're getting so much crap from Evo everybody. Has and- built the first truly scalable and automated native advertising platform, allowing the instant distribution of branded content across any site type all automatically matched to be native to each publication. Here's how it works. This is a piece of T-Mobile branded content ready to be placed on sites that are contextually relevant. All we do is click play, and the native ad is then automatically placed directly into the content well. Okay. Was that it? Preview images, headline links, and layouts are all made native in real time. 
content is consumed on each publication, and metrics like time on content, sharing, and other analytics are all tracked. And all of this works simultaneously across mobile, tablet, and desktop. Marketers can now easily buy native ads at scale across thousands of publications while driving 5 to 20 times the response rates, plus the deeper engagement of content. Once content is added, the Nativo technology will automatically determine contextually relevant placements and optimize them in real time. A-B headline testing, third-party tracking, and retargeting is all built in. You know, I'm, so there's a couple of things I'm not against. I very much like what Red Bull does. I think those guys are smart. Who? Red Bull. Red Bull, they, you know... Oh, Red Bull. Yeah, they create content with the Red Bull Air Races. Yeah, but that's different than what we're talking about. No, I know, about. I know. But I think that is where they should be headed. And all this other stuff is 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 bull crap. And well, it's a lot of wheel spinning. Now, the the key word here, and the reason that you brought up the TV thing versus this, this, and is that, generally speaking, native advertising was always done like that little Chevy thing. It was done on a one onesies basis. Yeah. And that's why this company, Nativo, came up because they say they can do it to scale, which is right, why they have this right, automated right, system that right, pops right, it in right, all right, over. Right. So you come up with your T-Mobile ad or article about how great T-Mobile is because they got satisfied no, customers. No, it was worse. They show it was a, um, a story about a guy surfing. But, yeah. it's, but it's all brought to you by... So I think it's they're kind of doing... This is what's so dumb about it. They're making content. They're they're hiring people to create content that then they attach T-Mobile's name to. Um, and this is kind of what they what they've always wanted to do is have stories that they that are you know, that they think fit their audience demographic. So the t- I guess the typical T-Mobile subscriber will be interested in in uh, surfing and uh, and hot babes and guys and whatever and then, yeah and they they slide the T-Mobile message all over it because they they're sick and tired of dealing with publications and getting them to write something that they want to be a part of so it's it's you know I'm happy with it because let everyone do sick that sick and tired <laughs> of dealing with publications that here's what it always reminds me of it's the uh I'm during my heyday as a writer, which is past, long gone, there. many, many moons because ago. Because the internet screwed me. Yeah. So you'd go out and you'd have, uh, you know, you'd be have a meeting with some public relations woman and maybe some other buddy. I was get two or three people together and she'd pitch you to, yeah, I said, what are you, who are you working with now? She says, I'm working with the ABC accounting company and we're trying to get some articles written about how great our accounting software is. Right. And I would say, this is like the boringest thing ever. I can't write about this because I just lose my readers. I can't bore them. And I would do, I would actually say this, by the way. I can't bore them stiff with a crappy accounting company story. And you wonder why your writing heydays are behind you. (laughs) And so I would say, I would just express, and she knew this, by the way. They always knew this. And now they got this opportunity to screw it. We don't have to get some dumb screwball like Dvorak to write about our accounting company because we'll just go through this system, write about it ourselves and how great it is. And that's why all these publications are dying. Nobody wants to read this stuff. Yeah. It's just all garbage. Well, yes and no, because I'm a a student of this and I look at what BuzzFeed specifically is doing and they are... They are really creating content for the masses of morons. They really are. 
And it's and I have to say they're doing an outstanding job. And it's always six things about, five things you've never seen, ten things of this. It's lists, people love lists, and it's dumb stuff, and put in celebrities, and it's good to go. Um, uh, no, I see those things. I don't know how long this is going to last, but those teasers, and there's a bunch of operations that run these things, that are on the bottom of almost every web page now. It's like some crazy teasers. Yeah. The one food you didn't know will kill you. Yes, exactly. You know, those things, those kinds of little and you, you always, every once in a while, there's one, you, ah, I got to see what this is. You click on it, it's always a disappointment. It never tells you what you want to know. It's just bull crap. These are all teasers. These are a bunch of teasing a-holes, and I, can't, <laughs> I have nothing good to say about it. It's funny because I've gotten to the point where, you know, with the research that we do and we figure stuff out, and, and sometimes I'm, 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 I actually walk into the office and I think, oh, I'm going to write a blog post about this, and I think, no. Now, that medium no longer works. You can't get someone to read more than five paragraphs of information, which is why I, I like doing the show, because people are trapped in their cars in the subway or wherever. they got nothing better to do. And then we can explain it to them, and they can look at stuff This is later. true. We actually do have something of a uh, captive audience, although there are volunteer captives, the ones that are in the gym mm -hmm. or the ones that do housework, housework uh, yeah. around the house or they yeah. clean up and they keep mm -hmm. their, uh, they got a pot, you know, the iPod or whatever. And, and apparently we have an uncanny amount of accountants and auditors listening to the show. <laughs> Did you notice this after we talked about banking? No, I have not. Oh my gosh. I, I got, I must've gotten 30 different emails from highly qualified accountants and auditors Talking about double entry bookkeeping, how you can how you can scan. Well, how the banks work? Um, well, the bank there is settlements, and and a lot of people talked about that. But also that um, the um, and this is really the fractional banking thing is is what we forgot to talk about. Ah, right. So the, so the, you know the bank's balance sheet. You only you really only need to have it's less these days, I think. But ten percent of the money that you had that you can provide in loans, you only really have to have in cash. So, um, but it was just interesting to see how many. Highly qualified people <laughs> in the field of accounting and auditing listen to this show. And whatever happened, by the way, to and the do they listen to the show? Are they listening to it while they do the books? I think so. I think that are they listening to it over lunch? I are they think, listening to I don't it? Know. I, if they're commuters, it makes sense. They'll let us know. They will let us know. Uh, and whatever happened to the good old public service announcement? Next, an international public service announcement by the United States government. The Rewards for Justice program is offering a reward of up to $10 million for information leading to the arrest or conviction of any individual responsible for the September 11, 2012 Benghazi attacks. The U.S. guarantees that all reports will be investigated and the identity of all informants will be kept confidential. If you have such information... Contact the regional security office at the nearest U.S. Embassy and the tip line at www.rewardsforjustice.net or email information to rfj at state.gov. <laughs> that was an international public service announcement by the United States government. <laughs> that's, uh, that's real, by the way. And that aired on Voice of America. Wow, what a crappy PSA. I know, right? You know, we can do PSAs. <laughs> I think we've talked about this in the past. Yeah, I think we have. Another too. fine idea that went Another nowhere. Another fine idea that we'll never do. <laughs> oh, 
man. Well, you, should, you know, people don't know this, but these uh, you see this all the time. There's a couple of them floating around in local radio, and it, I, when I keep hearing them over and over, I get really annoyed. But a PSA, there's in the olden days of radio, there used to be a couple of different kinds of PSAs. Most of them came in as printed, and you would get a uh, yeah, you would read it. You would sheet. read the PSA and record it's it. Sheet, yeah, it would be a sheet that said PSA, and you you send them out. They were like press releases. You send them out to all the new all the Local stations. Usually they were from the American way. Remember that? I don't remember any yeah, of them, to I, be I, honest yeah, about no, it. But I, I do remember the basic format, which was they're all in capital letters. They're double-spaced. <laughs> and they and every line was supposed to represent one second of reading. And so you have so X number of lines. And then there was a little time at the bottom. It said, you know, 20 seconds PSA, 30 seconds. And they, sometimes you get three or four of them. You get a 15-second a, a or a 20-second version and a 30-second version. And there was a long one. And they would go out that way. And then they came up with the idea, which seemed logical to do. It's easier now, which is they have them pre-recorded and they come in on a tape. But uh, I, I think it's a lost art. Oh, dude, this whole show is a lost art, man. What are you talking about? No video, <laughs> just theater of the mind. Two guys talking, jingles, giving you a vibe. To, you were putting you into a... This, that's It's all a lost art. DJs who used to choose songs on the radio, lost art. No, no. Enjoy your Spotify and your Pandora. You don't know what you're missing out on. But it's a lost art. It, it'll come back. It'll boomerang back eventually. It all Everything comes back. Well, a lot of people do listen to podcasts. This is true. And podcasts are mostly, you know, they're not necessarily, uh, they don't put as much effort into research as we, as we do. Mm. But there's generally a bunch of guys chatting. If the guys are interesting, you'll listen. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to a few. Very few, but I listen to a few. By the way, uh, no. Davo is on. And uh, proof that Davo is uh, has completely jumped the shark. Um, you mean Davos? Davo. They have the um, young global leaders. Guess who's a young global leader this year? Scoble. <laughs> I think he was last year. No, it was a couple of years ago Scoble was. Randy Zuckerberg. Oh, Randy Zuckerberg, she's like a failed producer of of uh, weddings, reality shows, weddings. No, she she has a Zuckerberg Media. I think she produces weddings or something. Oh, uh, weddings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty bad. A quick note: um, Blake says, "Yeah, I know uh, you guys don't have a great history of finishing books, but how about doing the twenty thirty survival guide?" We can crowdsource each chapter or section from the No Agenda community. Well, I don't know about crowdsourcing. We have no no good luck with that. But the 2030 Survival Guide. This is for the 2030club.com, by the way, which uh, I'm still maintaining. I still have not done the center black red thing. Take your time. I, I, well, do you have the 2030 donation level yet? I yeah. haven't figured it out. Probably $20.30. I don't know. Okay. And let me see. I have some stuff maybe saved for... Do we have anything about Kiev briefly? Ikea? No, Kiev. Kiev. Uh, Ukraine. Oh, yeah. I have a short Ukraine report. It says Ukraine. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, I see it here. Let me see. Fires broke out today in the midst of protests in Ukraine. The situation is increasingly volatile, and for the first time in four months of demonstrations, at least two protesters were killed by police. Demonstrators are angry that the Ukrainian government decided to forge ties with Moscow rather than the European Union. One opposition leader today issued an ultimatum to the government to call snap elections, or he says he would lead an attack in the capital of Kiev. 
Yeah, this is this is pretty much uh, an F Russia thing that's going on. And uh, I I caught the while back, maybe two weeks ago, there were some congressional hearings. And Victoria Newland, who used to be the spokeshole for the Department of State, now is an assistant. No, she's is she deputy uh, secretary of state, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she testified. These events included the violent action by security forces against Maidan protesters on November 30th the lack of government accountability that followed that, the second attempt to use security forces to shut down the Maidan in the wee hours of December 11th, an evening that uh, EU High Representative Kathy Ashton and I were both in Ukraine. By the way, Kathy, Kathy and I were both in Ukraine. And finally, the Ukrainian government's decision to accept $15 billion in Russian bailout money. The Ukrainians <laughs> bail out money. <laughs> tell us that over those weeks, the movement that started as a demand for a European future grew into a protest for basic human dignity and justice. Yeah, whenever you hear these words, and now, of course, there's all just like Turkey, they now have draconian internet laws. <laughs> draconian. Whenever you see that. It's time for the internet in the suitcase, and we're trying to start another Facebook war. For clean and accountable government and economic and political independence of Ukraine. So why does the United States have an interest in how this turns out? Yeah, why do we have an interest in that? I mean, why? I mean, <laughs> do you think it could be to stop Russian gas going to Europe so we can provide it? What, what could that be? What is the American interest for her to be in Kiev handing out pretzels to everybody and testifying and spending money and being there with high representative Kathy Ashton. What could that be? Our chairman and ranking member have spoken to that. It's because countries that live freely and independently and respect the rule of law are more stable and they make better partners for the United States. Oh, yes. That's it. Because of democracy. It's better. It's better for the world. The unicorns can't fly if it's not stable. The same principles and values that Ukrainians are fighting for are the cornerstone of all free democracies, and America supports these values in every country on the planet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's even funnier. I hadn't even heard that one. <laughs> the Euromaidan protesters, students, workers, pensioners, priests, Ooh. entrepreneurs, business moguls, and pop stars are all calling for the same basic rights that we hold dear here in the United States. They want to live in a country where their government truly represents the wishes of the people and where they can safely exercise their rights without fear of oppression. So that $15 billion of bailout money, as she says, from Russia, it just paled in comparison to the $1 billion that the European Union was offering. That's it. And I don't understand why anyone would want to be a part of the European monetary system right now. That, that would make no sense to me. The whole thing doesn't make sense. We do have a, one of our producers sent me a note talking about one of his buddies working. There's apparently we're setting up nat, uh, along the uh, Gulf Coast and I guess the East Coast. We're setting up a number of natural gas terminals yeah, for just export. designed to fill these big boats up. Yeah, to export. Uh, there's Virginia, I think, is one. Of course, Texas, there's a number of them. And I, I think I, re I might have received the same email. It sounded to me like those things are being built as if everyone knows that the TPP is going to happen. Yeah, it's a done deal. Do you think, let me just, and this will be my last question. I don't This it's kind of nice just to talk a little bit, and that's been kind of cool. Maybe there's, you know, you know how we're so good at going into countries and 
stirring up a ruckus with our NGOs and you know we get people to start posting things on Facebook and tweeting about how horrible it all is. Is it possible that, you know, because once again, we got another chapter of the TPP leaked through WikiLeaks, uh, and I think we both have our questions about WikiLeaks. Is it possible that maybe Russia is behind the incredible outrage over the TPP here in America, which is pretty much oh, based on no, on no information. But do you think it's Russia? Well, who's, who's, the most, who's the greatest beneficiary of, of the outrage? Yeah, Russia. There's nobody else. Not the, the, the nuclear guys. It's not the, it's not the oil guys. It's not, you know, there's only one. So that would mean environmentalists, they can't, they, you know, they make a big, they, they make a, they're usually used instead of, they're not really creating anything. I find it so interesting when I read these, uh, lots of blog posts, and it, it, it's very comparable to uh, nuclear fear about the TPP. I, I see people that this is going to hurt us, jobs, intellectual property, and I see no factual basis for that. I read whatever comes out, I read. First of all, there's no decisions, but it's all it's all just it's going to be horrible. And look at NAFTA, which is something completely different. And I'm just I'm like, where are you getting this well, from? It'll come out in the wash. I but, but talking about these protests before we get away from that too much, there's a weird phenomenon, and I think that I, when I got this clip, I get it from uh, Van Cat. When I got this clip, I think it's one of the most. Um, I don't know. I think it's one of the most important clips I've ever gotten, not because of what it was actually being said here, but the possibility that this is going to this is not just some isolated situation. This is about the, the we know that there's a bunch of crap going on in Thailand. Mm -hmm. But the way it's being. In fact, you can't even walk two people at a time now. And there's all kinds of. But the way it's there's, there's, this, there's this weird element that is that was exposed by Van Cat that is very disconcerting, but I actually think it's an important change in the way things work in terms of how do you get, you know, these kids, you know, these millennials to actually get jacked up about stuff. Play this clip, Thailand fashionable protests. In Bangkok, anti-government protests sometimes look more like catwalk shows. On social networks, young fashionistas show off in photos during gatherings, often wearing blue, white and red, the colors of the national flag. And a Facebook page more resembling a beauty contest is entirely dedicated to the protests' most beautiful women. Despite the violence, taking part in the protests against Prime Minister Ying Lak Wat has become fashionable among the country's upper classes. Numerous celebrities, such as actor Tak Farunyo, attend protests and pose for photos with the movement's leaders. Model Metini Kim Payom openly expresses her political involvement and has posed to advertise a designer T-shirt created to support the protesters. A fashion on which specialized magazines are surfing, just like Image magazine, which in recent weeks has published a series of pictures on the theme of glamorous protesters, offering advice to readers on ways to protest in style. And industrial players are clearly not being left out. Several designers have launched clothing ranges sold in the surroundings of places occupied by protesters. Meanwhile, a television channel supporting the movement has opted to tap into the whistle market, which has become the symbol of the anti-government revolt, with a gold version sold for 100,000 baht, or 2,000 euros. This is kind of blowing my mind. 
So the whistles, $2,000 gold whistles, because, you know, this is one of those protests, like I've seen this, I saw it in Spain some years ago, where they, you know, everyone's got a whistle, a police whistle, and they're blowing it and making a racket. So now there is a fashionable whistle that sells for $2,000. And the whole thing, this is the weirdest story I think I've caught for, I don't know, months on end. This is like the strangest phenomenon. Well, there is a huge disparity in um, the people who are protesting in Thailand and um, the, the wealth that surrounds the country. And so maybe that's just, just a way to have fun with your buddies. <laughs> get the right color T-shirt and get the whistle. If anything, we should be selling whistles. We've talked about whistles. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talk a lot about stuff. Anyway, I just thought that was that could happen here. Oh, it's it's only, it's only one step above changing your Twitter icon. Honestly, it, you know, just wearing the the right color T-shirt. Yeah, you have to wear a certain T-shirt, and you, you know, you get first. You get the once our celebrities are 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 read in. Like let's say Clooney, and they get involved in something. <laughs> yeah, then it's all over. I mean, everyone's going to be wearing, you know, buying two thousand dollar whistles and yeah, wearing the right tennis shoes. I'd go to noagendanation dot com, pick me up one of those uh, slave silk ties. That's what I'd suggest. Actually, yeah, yeah Eric does have a new. Uh, yeah. People should go there and check out his new offerings. He's got a yeah. slave tie, and some new T shirts that are yeah. kind of cool looking. Okay, I uh, whew, you you got me out of steam, brother. I'm this is it. I'm the the cedar has me now down. I can't make it anymore. I'm barely standing here. Yeah, well, I'll cedar your cedar you later. Yeah, I got a fever for the cedar. Woo! Uh, by the way, according to Spreo in the chat room, this show is psyops, people. <laughs> to, exactly. To which I say, yeah, yeah, right. Where's our money? That's our, exactly. That's always my response. Then I'm not being paid enough. Uh, so you can uh, continue our to government money. Where are the Koch brothers? Yeah, where are they with all their money for us? Nope, that's not how it works. We only survive with your support. <laughs> I want a T-shirt. I'm a psyops right here. Uh, Dvorak.org slash NA is where you can support the program. We'll be back on Sunday with more for you, more uh, media deconstruction, and I'm sure we'll have some stuff that we've researched. Coming to you from FEMA Region 6, in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, also known as the desert of California, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the Dvorak.org slash N-A